Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> but why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? <laughs> Driven people, it's time for Totally Driven Radio. I'm totally driven. I'm Bay Ragney, and I'm freaking exhausted because I'm so freaking driven. But that's why I have two partners in crime along by my side to keep me awake, to keep me going, and to keep me motivated, and to keep me driven. They go by the names of Mr. Jimmy Gennetti and Sick Nick Wilkinson, and they're two damn good-looking motherfucking guys. So what's going on there, my brothers? Well... Huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. <laughs> you like that one? There you go. There you go. That's it. I'm done. Bedtime for me now. <laughs> oh. So what's going on, guys? You must be tired. What? There you go. Oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I am exhausted. That's another totally you know, driven Thursday, man. I'm excited. There's a lot of news. We got some cool guests. Dude, we got cool guests. We got cool happenings. There's been so much going on in the world of Totally Driven. It's like after, like, finally four and a half, almost five years, like, and I just put this up as my status, like, things are finally starting to come together. Like, I, I can feel it now. It's like we're we're teetering on that edge of things happening. We got shows coming up, not just radio shows. We got live events coming up. We uh, possibly, uh, looks like we're going to get ready to start a magazine that's going to be coming out. We're working on. We got things. We just got lots of things going on. We made a, we made an agreement partnership with uh, Liberty All-Star Wrestling this past week to co-promote things together. So, I, I mean, there's just things happening in every direction of Totally Driven and the world of entertainment. That's right. Yeah, man, it's gonna. It's so exciting. I, I it's. W- there's so much more that we're gonna have to talk about too. You know what I mean? Like they, like they only know just, just the little sprinkles that we're letting them know. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> I know. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. You, you know the funny like we're gonna pretty soon have to start doing like a show on Wednesday just to be able to talk about things 
and then Thursday come back and do our interviews and stuff. <laughs> it's only a matter of time, people. It's only a matter of time. Trust me. By the end of 2017, the world is going to be totally driven. That's the plan. If not, I'll have more gray hair to prove all the work we did. <laughs> Uh, but real quick, before we get into a preview of tonight's show, I'm going to throw out a quick hello and a quick thank you. Uh, she truly is our number one fan. She promotes the hell out of us. She's always sharing links and things for us, and she's listening to all the shows all the time. I want to thank Kyoko Cooley. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all that you do and your support. You're awesome. You rock. Um, and she is totally driven. With that being said, tonight's show... We had like a last-minute edition for tonight's show. Like uh, going into tonight, we had uh, basically one guest until the other day, and I had a few like pending things I was trying to figure out. And then I got this email, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this will work perfect." And I got an email from um, from this person's mother actually, who I guess uh, handles her her doings, and I guess is like uh, I don't know if it's like a PR or a management or both for her. But um, she was on the show, uh, which was a huge, huge show. Um, that I've never seen. Uh, it was the Showtime smash hit Dexter that so many people loved. And, and Nick, being our, our resident TV guru, uh, were you a fan of the show, Nick? I mean, I, I, I was, but anybody that watched the show will tell you that you sort of went from loving it to hating it to loving it to hating it. You know what I mean? But it, it right. was, without a doubt, a huge, huge hit. It was huge. It was huge. And so it we're had really talking some amazing guest stars and and amazing acting and that. Uh, yeah, I mean it was a good show all around. You know, I give it a solid C. Wow. See, you know, after um, at some point that's I, I mean now it's got to go onto my um, my bucket list of things to watch, and I'm going to binge watch like what was there, eight seasons, seven seasons, or. Yeah. Yeah. So. We have uh, tonight. She played uh, Aster Bennett on uh, on Dexter, and her name is Christina Robinson. She's got a really um, really interesting story. She's got a couple projects in the works. She's got uh, something that was just released a little while ago. We're so we're gonna be talking Dexter. We're gonna be talking Hollywood. We're gonna be talking upcoming projects. We're gonna be talking it all. She's also here now. Here's something too. Like I, I don't know if people realize this or know this, but she's got a twin sister. So that's got to be pretty freaking wild. Oh, yeah, wow, that, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, like, I don't think we've ever talked to a twin before. I, I think this might be the first one. I'm trying to think, but uh, real quick. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. I think so, yeah. So this will be interesting. It'll be, it'll be a cool discussion. We're going to have fun. So uh, she'll be coming up at 9 o'clock. Uh, coming up in the last, or I'm sorry, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock Eastern, Coming up first in the first hour of interviews at 9 o'clock, um, the band is called Them. They're a metal band. They, uh, they originally started out as a, a King Diamond Mercifully tribute band, and then they, um, they went original. And they're now called – they're still called Them, and we're going to be talking to lead singer Troy Noor. And uh, they had a really cool, like, whole – they kind of, like, went into this, like, the same vein as King Diamond. Like, he's got the whole – look like this mysterious look to him and there's like the whole backstory to his character and 
you know, I, I like earlier in the week, like I was going through stuff and I, I was like a little confused. Like, dude, like I'm interviewing Troy and everything I'm finding them online. There's no Troy in the band. There's this KK Kasor, Kasar or however you pronounce the name. We'll find out in a little bit. And he's like, dude, that's him. Like, look, look through the stuff more and you'll figure it out. And then I, like uh, uh, all right now i get it i get it so yeah so you know sometimes a little slow it's a little slow to the game but uh yeah hopefully i'm caught up to speed a little bit and uh we're gonna be talking with troy uh, about nine o'clock and as a matter of fact i need to upload a song in the system so uh, we have that so we'll play some of them as well and then coming up in a couple minutes will be our good friend miss Kristen burt which we've been having some kick ass conversations with Kristen over the last this this past year really it's like really turned up a notch it's like a really fun time yeah I mean there's been a whole lot to talk about (laughs) I mean if you think about like within the last year I mean I bet you don't even remember the seventh heaven dad molestation thing do you the who and the what? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, nobody remembers that the dad from Seventh Heaven was up on, like, being accused of rape and molestation and stuff like that. People barely remember Bill Cosby right now. You know what I mean? There's been so many huge things in 2016. Amazing yeah. news stories. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and there's, there's just so much going on with the world of like entertainment, like I, I really think that's why the attention spans of people have just become so short because it's just an overabundance and it's just a, a major, you know, there's so many outlets now between uh, television, movie, radio, uh, every aspect of entertainment. There's just so many outlets thanks to the world of uh, the internet. You know, it just, as the old song says uh, from our good friend Tony Harnell, everyone's a star. <laughs> so <laughs> there's constant news being made. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we we live in a – we don't even live – like when CNN first came around, people started calling it the 24-hour news cycle and stuff like that. But we don't even live in that world anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, so many people I know get their news from – Facebook, uh, whether they follow their local news on Facebook or, you know, magazines or whatever, but it, it's so different now. It's like every five minutes we get, a, you know, breaking news and news from around right. the world, and it's crazy. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I'm a big fan of, like, watching the news here, like, the, lo- the local news, and um, even, like, like, Jess, she has, like, set up on her phone, she gets the alerts from uh, the local Fox affiliate here. And like, boom, as soon as something's com- coming up, it pops up on her phone and she's like looking at me and t- giving me the report. I'm just like, gee, it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's instant anymore. Well, dude, I don't know how it is in your neck of the woods, but the local news here is about the biggest piece of trash I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they all think they're comedians. They all mispronounce almost every other word. Like, they're just awful, awful people. I'll tell you what. The Fox um, the Fox local news here, their morning show, it's a complete comedy show. It really is. But you know what? <laughs> they are funny as shit. 
Like they, they, they do. Like, like, like they're actually funny. They're actually funny, and like they'll do, like um, they do skits and stuff like that at times, and it's funny. And like when they have like celebrity guests and all, like they include them in on the skits, and it's it's funny. It's almost like watching like a Saturday Night Live news at times. It really no, but, is. But see, that's okay for a morning show. You know what I mean? Like, but it's different when you're watching the six o'clock news. And they're cracking jokes, and they're, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. actually, the cracking jokes doesn't bother me nearly as much as when they'll be like, and we just saw some Egyptian hieroglyphics, and nobody will notice that he said the word completely wrong. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, though, that I, 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 I don't remember exactly what the situation was. But, like, it was only, like, a week ago, too. The morning show of Fox reported a news story wrong. I think it was, like, maybe, like, the death of somebody. Oh, really? I, it was, yeah, it had something to do with somebody dying. Either the person was already dead, <laughs> like, for a couple of years, and they reported it. And, yeah, it was something like that. Or the person hadn't died yet, and they reported it. And, yeah. That's really and funny. they were. Yeah, like, they got caught, like, instantly online. Like, people were calling them out on it. Yeah, out here, they're just a bunch of amateurs. Like, it's like uh, the news, but it's, like, public access. <laughs> oh, that's funny. See, like, the the other, like, uh, you know, the, news, uh, the newscast of that network, like, they're pretty, you know, straight-laced for the most part. Like, they're very casual, I'll say. But that the morning one, like the, the main guy on the morning news, the guy's probably like, he's got to be in his 60s. But he acts younger than me. He looks younger than me because he's always dying his hair. It's just so funny. And, it, yeah, he's always flirting with his co-host and any female that comes on. It's just, it's funny. And, he, and he's just, he's a very, he's just all sexual innuendos. He's a huge Seinfeld fan, so he's always quoting Seinfeld episodes. It's just it's just a freak show in the morning here in Philly. It really is. Oh, that's funny. So, all right, well, here she is. Let's get her on. The one, the only, our good friend, our Hollywood reporter, the one and only, Miss Kristen Burt. Hello, Kristen. Hi, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? I am very good. Busy week. Busy week, good. but good. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh what's the vibe out there right now like with the whole presidential uh, inauguration tomorrow? Like is everybody up in arms? Yeah, I've got to tell you that the uh, there everyone it feels people feel depressed. I have to be honest and I think <laughs> every, and we talked about this last week. I think a lot of people lulled themselves into believing that somehow Obama was like, you know, going to continue somehow and that you know president-elect trump was just kind of like joking around on twitter and i mean i really think people have been in major denial about this whole thing and um it's happening and he you know trump was elected president so it's happening tomorrow um but i will say that the women's march which is not an anti-trump march it's really about human rights and and uh, everything from women's rights to immigration rights, everything. I mean, it's kind of been a whole collective, like, <laughs> jar of rights uh, that people are going to be marching for. It's at the Los Angeles 
March has gone from, they originally applied for um, a permit for 500 to 1,000 people. They're now expecting several hundred thousand people to show up on Saturday. Oh. Yeah. Holy they said they expect it to be second to the March on Washington. It might exceed the March on Washington. They're not sure. This is going to get out of control. Like, and, and all these, like, I just saw earlier too. I didn't even realize, and, and I think it it bothered me that it's actually going to they're going to do this. Uh, uh, who was it? Uh, what the hell's his name? De Niro, De Niro, and um, somebody else. I forget. They're going to do a uh, a march protest right in front of Trump Tower in New York. Oh yeah, Alec Baldwin. I think he's going to be there. Mark Ruffalo. That should be happening today, and um, the Broadway community did something in Times Square tonight. There's a lot of protests going around, um, and I think it's you know I think it's just such a strange time. And I I really wonder. I wish I could get into Trump's head because you know he is someone that that has uh, he, he's not certainly not a humble man by any means. Um, and right. I think like not not by any means, but I wonder like what it feels like to literally be. The most unpopular president in at least our you know time on this earth, um, and what's that like? Because people that do believe in him believe in him strongly, and the people that don't believe in him um, don't can't stand him. So um, you know it's it's even different from when the whole Bush um, transition happened between you know Clinton after eight years and then Bush came in. I mean, he was unpopular, but he had moments of popularity, um, and hopefully Trump will see that too. But coming in as an unpopular president is very strange. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Like, I, I wonder, I really wonder if, like, before our time, there was a, a president-elect that was <laughs> looked at so negatively. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think you'd have to go back in history and just kind of like see and really do the research on it. Um, I mean, this is the only one that I can remember since um, I've been a voter and everything else. But it's um, and and I you know I have I have very strong feelings about this entire election on both sides that I never felt um, in any other election either. And so. It's one of those things. I think it was the ugliest campaign. It was the dirtiest campaign. It's from both sides. I'm, you know, I, I lay the blame on Democrats and Republicans, and and even on some of the third parties because then they came in to disrupt, and I was like, are you disrupting at the right or the wrong time? Um, so I have a whole lot of feelings about it that normally I'm just like, well, you know, my candidate didn't win, and my candidate hasn't won plenty of times. You know, I've I've voted for losing candidates and you know, you accept the results and you move on. But this one I'm just like, I am a bit baffled and I don't know what's gonna happen next. I hope for I hope for good results just for our country, but at the same time I'm like there's a lot that I'm like I question you know, I mean like the Affordable Care Act is is a big is a big issue and um I think for a lot of people, that's kind of scary because they thought Obamacare and the American Care Act were two separate things. So they're not. They're the one and the same. So repealing Obamacare is not going to help you if you have an ACA plan, <laughs> you know? Right, right. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of confusion. A lot of people didn't do their research. Um, you know, my mother voted for Trump, and I was. she talked about a few things. She goes, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people just people vote with emotion. It happens all the time. It happens at the Oscars. It happens in the voting booths. 
And um, I think it's, it's hopefully for a lot of people, and I think it was an eye-opener, that you really have to make sure you're researched when you go to the polls. That's all. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I think – I don't know what to say. <laughs> I really don't. Like, no, I, there's I, nothing I to say, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I want to just hope, like, he he's going to be, like, a knight in shining armor for this country. I really do. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, really no, I mean, none of us know. And, you know, and I, I, you, you know, you look at Twitter, Twitter is a hot mess. Like, if you thought Twitter was a hot mess last week or six weeks ago, it is a hot, steamy pile right now. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's interesting watching um, people just start throwing mud back and forth at each other. And I'm like, guys, you know, it's okay if someone likes a candidate. It's okay if someone doesn't like a candidate. Just stay out of it. Don't start fighting, you know, because I think there are plenty of people in the United States that are going to be celebrating tomorrow. They're happy that their candidate won. Um, and you know what? That happens every time a new president comes in. People, some people are really happy and some people aren't. So, you know, you just kind of have to, like, back off of some of it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I actually wanted to ask you about something, and I, 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 like, I legitimately am curious about this because I, I can't really relate on the level that I think you can, but all day today I've been seeing a lot of uh, negativity and controversy regarding his pick for Secretary of Education. Mm-hmm. And I, aside from you know, uh, personal failures and things like that. I was curious, is there any positivity to the fact that he did, um, you know, that obviously he has some faith in in women and and their position in power? Like, is there any positivity that can come from that pick at all? And I'll tell you, Honestly, from from the bubble of L.A., and it really is a bubble, and I think that's what a lot of people in, in Los Angeles and the Hollywood community need to realize. We live in this bubble where everything is accepted, and, <laughs> you know, we we think that it should all go our way. Um, but I, I think that the concern with this, and, and he did run on this, was that he was going to drain the swamp. And I think right. for a lot of people, um, he put in five – I think it's five, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Goldman Sachs members, that's not draining a swamp. I mean, and he would say Hillary is, a, is like in bed with Goldman Sachs and then he's like, well, he's with Goldman Sachs and you're like, that's not draining the swamp. And I think, you know, it's hard when you see a woman or a man um, get up there and um, she's never sent her kids to public school. She didn't go to public school. And while she's got some ideas um, about what public education should look like, I think it's hard for other people that have seen what the system truly looks like right now. And, and any of you that have had kids in the public school system, it's, it's very, very different. And, and I'll speak from my experience. I went to both public and private school, and the education right. I got at public school was 10 years behind what I got at private school. And I grew up upper middle class, and I, I was fortunate that my parents could afford to send me um, in my – upper school education to private school. So I've, I've seen both of it. I've seen both sides of it. And I think um, it's important to have an understanding of what education is. And I would, I would bet a lot of parents that have kids in the public school system right now would probably agree to that. Like I, I wouldn't 
I sh- I can't speak for public education anymore um, because right, all of right. the later years were were private school and um, and I know it's gotten harder to educate. It's gotten harder for teachers. So it, I think from just looking at it from that perspective, people go, "What is this woman doing? And why is she worrying about having done schools for grizzly bears?" And like, <laughs> you know, like there's some absurdity to some of that. But, and so people lose the gender aspect of it and go to, is she even qualified for this position? Right, and I, I, and to, to some extent, no matter who was picked, was going to face that sort of scrutiny. I, I think that, uh, but I, I just, uh, as somebody who had a daughter in the public system, and she now goes to a, a private charter school, um, but I also, my degree is also in special education, and, and I can tell you just how insanely broken the system is. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's destroyed. It, it it really, truly is. I've seen more kids graduate from high school and not knowing how to read than, I mean, it would make you cry. And uh, so I'm sort of for anything that's going to shake up the current system. But I was just mm-hmm. curious as to whether or not there was at least, like, a little bit of hope there because – it doesn't. It doesn't look like he's trying to exclude, you know, people of color or women. Or I, I just. I hope that people can see that that at least there seems to be some diversity. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, yeah. And I think. I, I think it's. I think the concern too is it's like why is Ben Carson who's being chosen for you know housing secretary? I think there's certain things that you're like it doesn't make a lot of sense. Rick Perry for the, you know, Department of Energy. Right, right. There's a lot of Why is the brain surgeon worried about housing? <laughs> right. Right. And, 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 you know, maybe and maybe he's going to prove us all wrong. I mean, I'm open to the idea that he's going to prove us all wrong and he is going to shake the system and that all of these people, even though it doesn't look like it's draining the swamp, maybe they've got some amazing ideas um, and, and, it, and it will make things better. I, I don't know because I don't have my crystal ball. I don't see the future or anything. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I do know that another sticking point um, has been that there is no Latino in the cabinet, right. which hasn't happened since 1988. So that is something that I think the Latino community is concerned about. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, throw things out there that like what people are, are saying and thinking um, right. from the Hollywood perspective. Um, but, you know, it, it is one of those things. Um, look, being president is really hard, and um, he does have a Congress that is technically on his side, but I do think that All Congress right. has their yeah. own agenda as well um, that is not necessarily Trump's agenda. Um, so I, I think Paul Ryan has a different agenda than Trump does, even though I think that they'll align on some things. I think Paul, right. Paul Ryan has a whole other thing going on. So it will be interesting to see how everyone gets things done um, over the next four years with that in mind. Absolutely. And let me just go on record as saying that uh, I, I, I disagree with almost all of what's going on right now because I think it's going to end really bad. Like mm-hmm. I, I, when I'm, when I'm asking these questions, it's, you know, it's for the entertainment and for the show, but Personally, I, I, I don't think this is going to end well. Yeah, and, and it, it is a, it is a concern, and, and it's amazing to me talking to some people that just were like, I voted this because of this, and then they're like, but I didn't do any research into X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, it's, it's 
I, I understand. I don't think the two candidates that were presented to us um, on election day were the ideal candidates. And I think it, a lot of us, I'm an independent voter. I have crossed party lines. I, I have voted Republican. I voted um, Democrat. I have voted Libertarian. I vote all over the map. So, um, and I, but I, I, Trump for me was a really, it was one that I couldn't touch because it was, it was, as a female, it was a really tough one, but then it was amazing because a lot of um, white women voted for him. And so, but I feel like it's a, like my mom's generation, my mom was like, well, we dealt with sexual harassment. It's just, it's just there. And I'm at a place where I'm like, it's just unacceptable. It's not right. just that it's there in the workplace. It's just that it's, it's just not acceptable in 2016 slash 17. So I think um, different generations have different thoughts on who should be in place and, and why. And, um, and it played out and when it came to the election. You're right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's scary that you said that, like how your mom just said, like it's there and it's like almost like it's acceptable, not that it's acceptable, but it's just accepting. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's so crazy. It's so crazy how it's, it's all played out, but, and you know, and it's, it's one of those things like a lot of people are upset about what's happening. A lot of other people are super happy, but everyone's fighting together. And I'm like, this is not going to help if we're going to spend the next four years fighting and fighting on social media. And I mean, I, it, you know, it, I am sad to see Obama go. And I will say that I think that his family represented it. They're probably the most moral family we've seen in office in a long time (laughs) going way, way, way back, going back decades. Honestly, like I feel like we saw a strong marriage. We saw a marriage that got even stronger, I think through the eight years. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a president and vice president get along so well and walk out of office saying we're going to be buddies for life. Um, you don't have to agree with the politics. I mean, I'm just talking about the personal stuff. And, um, uh, you know, it's, I'm sad to see that. I didn't agree with everything that Obama did. I, there, was, there were some successes. There were some failures. But that's, that's every president. That is every president. I'm actually really interested to see where he lands long term. Because I think that um, there's definitely a position for him in the, in the public eye. And, um, man, it's going to be real interesting to see where he ends up. Yes. And, you know, they will stay um, because Sasha's the younger one, I believe, right? Malia. Sasha. Sasha's the younger one. She's still in high school, so they're staying in D.C. for a few years. But I'm going to guess that Obama winds up in Los Angeles or in the Los Angeles area um, and does something somehow related to the entertainment community. He had such strong Agreed. ties. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, see, if you see Barack Obama and Ryan Seacrest together, you know something's going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's the one thing, too. Like, take all the politics out of, out of the equation. Like, what Kristen was saying about the whole, first off, the Obama family. Um, mm-hmm. Just it was complete, um, a strong unit. They came off very, um, very just classy. Like there was a picture floating around a couple of weeks ago, like a black and white picture of him and Michelle. And it was just a classy picture that like, it really just hit me that it was just, you can feel the love in the picture. 
And I just thought it was a beautiful picture of the two of them. And yeah. something something about Obama, too, like that the thing that I liked about him from Jump Street was he just came off like a real person. He never came off very, like, you know, he, he came just very off the cuff at times and from the heart, not so prepared, you know, not by the, the pressure. You can tell he was talking from the heart at times and was honest at times. And he gave a fun side to the presidency, presidency at times, too, with little jokes or his little raps and stuff like that. You, you, we never saw nothing like that. I just thought that on the human level was worth it for me alone. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's so interesting. I mean, my parents are divorced, so I don't have that, like, strong model of marriage to look up to. And I think it, it is so easy to get divorced these days because people give up and quit. And I think being president is so much stress on a family and, and on a marriage. Um, it can probably drive a wedge. And I would probably say that for the Clintons, um, their eight years in office was not one where they walked out going, we got so much closer in eight years. You know, I look at that. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I mean, I do believe that. I, I and I don't. I don't look at them. I don't look at Bill and Hillary Clinton going. That is the marriage that I want, or that's the family that I want. I, I look at the Obamas and I go, I love what they have created, and I love that there was a public display of affection, like not too much, but just very loving, um, which I think that this country needs more of, and um, we don't get to see that that often in our leaders, honestly. That softer side. Well, and it's interesting because now when we're going into the new president, I, I think we're going to find ourselves in a position where we're almost going to have a surrogate first lady. I, I think that time is going to tell, but Ivanka is going to be in the public eye way more than uh, than Trump's actual wife. I, I, I have a feeling that this is she's going to be – Sort of the, the the focal point there, I think, and um, that's really weird. Yeah, it, it is strange, you know. And I think um, a lot of people have been. It's tough because it's a huge um, additional <laughs> security bill in New York City with um, Melania and their son staying behind um, and not moving to the White House until after the school year. But at the same time, I go, I get it, like. Right. My mom would have done that for me and, like, at least let me finish out the school year. It is a, a really tough transition, I'm sure, and he's 10, and that's not easy. Um, so I kind of see both sides on something like that. But I do look at their marriage, and I, I don't sit there and go, this is a warm, fuzzy marriage, because I don't think Donald Trump's warm and fuzzy. Um, I think he leads, he leads his family. I think he leads his family like he leads his business. You know what I mean? It's like this is what Donald wants and this is how the family runs. And I think that his kids have a great respect for him and, you know, his job and, and, you know, obviously all of that, but, um, I don't, it's not the kind of like family that I go, Oh yeah, he's a warm and fuzzy dad. (laughs) That's funny. That, yeah, I, I do not picture Trump as a warm and fuzzy person. No, no, you can totally picture Obama, like, next to the fire, reading the night before Christmas to his daughters, and just, like, everybody sort of cuddled together, having a good time. Try to picture Donald Trump doing that. (laughs) Trump's would be more like uh, the National Lampoon uh, Christmas vacation. But he would be be the, 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 you know, what was it, the Quaid Brothers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sugar school. 
<laughs> oh, man. So, uh, is there any actual news going on out in Hollywood beside uh, the whole Trump uh, takeover of Washington? Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's that. And then there's also, uh, this story, you know, I'm a huge animal lover. I, I, while I have two kittens, I love dogs, too. And this one was like, I don't know if you guys saw this. From I a, saw a dog's purpose, yeah, and I couldn't even watch the video. I couldn't even finish. I was like, I can't. Like kids, animals. Like I hate to see anyone in distress. Um, but there is an offset video that um, PETA released, and it shows um, a dog. The scene was sort of um, whitewater rapids of some sort, kind of thing that they were, and they needed the dog to go in the water. Um, and it was like a tank. It was not like an actual like out in nature that kind of thing. Um, so he, but the German Shepherd was kind of forced to perform. You could see that he was stressed. Um, and it, it's bringing up a lot of issues. And normally sometimes I think PETA goes a little too extreme. But they're calling for um, the American Humane Society, which is supposed to monitor pets and how they're treated on set. And this has been a continuing, ongoing story. There's been a few other issues on other sets. And it's basically asking, like, is the American Humane Society doing their job? Um, there is the Animal right. Welfare Act, and there's lots of violations, and what is happening here? So um, I'm, I'm glad that this has kind of come to the surface, but there's a big issue for Universal because they're having a big premiere on Saturday morning at the studio, and um, it's just kind of one of those things that they're like, do we cancel it? You don't want to do a press junket and start talking about this. I mean, they've, they've all released um, – statements, the director, the star, they're all very distressed by it. Of course you would be, but at the same time, um, do you cancel the whole film? I've got to tell you, we I just got a screening um, for it and um, for next week and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna see that. I can't I can't even watch the video. Uh, did, did Nick or Janani, did you guys see the the, uh, the clip that uh, was released of the what she's talking about? No, I'm I'm in a very sort of fragile place right now when it comes to animals, so I, I'm staying away from all videos like that. Yep. How about you, Janetti? Janetti's on mute, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I saw it and um, yeah, like it, it was like I I mean just watching it. I, I was just sitting there like, oh, no, like, no, no, no. Like, you can see there, like, the dog did not want to do it. The dog was not happy about the situation. And the water was really rough. I mean, yeah, it was a pool, but it was really, really rough. And I, I was thinking to myself, like, I don't think a human would be able to really handle himself well in this, let alone a dog. And they just kind of, like, forcefully, forcefully pushed this dog into the water. And you see at the end of the video, like, where they sh- – they shut the, they make her, you hear them hollering, shut the camera down, shut the camera down, because the dog is drowning. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's awful. Yeah, so, and, and all over TMZ, I mean, that's all that TMZ is filled with, between that and Trump, and it's, I think that's the, really one of the big things you really can't mess with is animals, because it's not it's not taken lightly anymore. I mean, people truly love, you know, their dogs and their cats, and 
so forth. Like even your elephants. I mean, they just love animals and it's not a place to really go anymore. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's, you know, Ring Ring Brothers shutting down. You have um, SeaWorld and Shamu. They are no longer to keep whales in captivity. Um, it's one of those things that we're seeing that, and I think it's because we now treat our animals I mean, as each year goes on, they're more and more like our children than you could ever imagine. I mean, I'm not going to have kids, my husband and I, so our animals are like everything. They're spoiled. It's ridiculous. Um, but I just hate to see any animal because they're, they are Hollywood dogs. They're Hollywood cats. They are forced um, to perform. And, you know, oftentimes they're, they do it for treats or whatever their reward is. Um, and, you know, I've worked on set. I did a whole series with AOL and worked with this amazing dog um, called Kuma and his trainer was incredible. Um, but, you know, as there are good parents, there are also, and bad parents, there are good pet owners and bad pet owners, and that includes trainers. And I think that um, that needs to be monitored better because it's, it's clearly an issue because this has not been just with dogs. This has been um, also with horses. There was an HBO or Showtime series that had tremendous difficulty with the horses, and they were passing away on set. And, oh, jeez. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they would really um, cancel the film? Like, I mean, this close to the release and all, and this far in, I mean, you really think that's a, an option at this point to just do that and to take that huge of a loss? That is a huge loss. And um, I think, you know, and a lot of people were saying, why didn't they just CGI the dog? CGI is still, and that's computer generated images, just so people know. But um, it's very. Um, expensive so they didn't do that on the film so obviously it wasn't a huge budget but i'm sure it's in the billions of dollars canceling it is going to be a huge hit for universal but are people going to see it i mean i'm going to tell you i'm not going to see it there's no way i can go to a screening i'm like no way um and i'm sure that plenty of other people that hear the news see the news they're going to stay away from it it's word of mouth gets out that's the problem too you know these days you can't bury things because social media is going to carry your story and carry it far. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be interested to see what know, they decide. And that's the thing, too. Like, <laughs> the, the two most important things you can post on social media to get attention for yourself is A, food, B, your pets. So whenever you're posting food or animals, you're gaining attention from the public. Absolutely. I know my kittens always like line up together. They, I, I call, they basically do Beyonce's formation. And um, so <laughs> I post it all the time. And they're hilarious because I'm just always like, here they're in formation, like waiting in line. Um, or they mirror each other, or one of them stalks us and stands behind like a, a, a vase in the house and like looks at us. She's really tiny, too, so it's really funny. And you're like, we can still see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So um, I, I guess we should get into the, the Totally Driven Person of the Week, and uh, you're the one to start it. Oh, this is – this. you know, I'm going to make him my Totally Driven Person of the Week because I just think it's kind of interesting. Um, the great rumor is that George Clooney and his wife are expecting twins. So I'm going to give it to George Clooney 
to the guy who said he was never going to get married again and never having kids. Maybe I should give it to the lady, <laughs> his wife. <laughs> all, obviously, she turned his whole life around. Maybe I should switch that around. <laughs> She's got to be a pretty all. impressive turned, female. Yeah. She she, she really changed his. High-powered UN attorney. High-powered UN attorney got um, George Clooney to uh, finally get married again, and hey, hey, supposedly they're having a boy and a girl. Wow. Well, there you go. Rock on. You can't beat that. Okay, I'm going to yeah. go to Mall Clooney. Forget it. Forget George. It's the mall. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I, that's a good one. That's a good one because there's really nobody really out there doing anything special. Um <laughs> No, I know, and I just feel like I'm like, I don't, you know, there's no sides to pick this week. Everyone feels, everyone's been either spending eight years feeling sad and now they're happy or vice versa. So. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on hope. I'm, I'm going to pick on hope for this country and hope that uh, Donald Trump does good for us. And I'm going to make him my total driven person of the week. So on hope. That's what we have to rely on now. Hope. Hope. <laughs> Hope flutes. Uh, Nick, go ahead. All right. So originally, I was thinking I'm going with Trump as well, just because um, the same reason, hope. You know what I mean? It's happening tomorrow. There's nothing we can do about it. And now is kind of the time where you sort of just uh, close your eyes and hope for the best. Um, but, but I decided – against it and it's funny because I, I didn't pick a person. Um <laughs> I I picked Netflix. <laughs> because well, I'm intrigued Netflix by this was ex- Netflix was expecting to bring in about five million new subscribers globally. They ended up bringing in seven point one million new subscribers and that's if you remember as they were raising prices. Um Luke Cage, The Crown, those were like worldwide hits for Netflix. And even Amazon and the BBC are now announcing that they're going to start releasing things as a series so that people can binge watch like they do on Netflix. I mean, I've been a member of this service since they sent you one DVD in the mail (laughs) at a time. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing what they've become in the last 10 years. And, uh, They've just, they even outdid their own strong estimate. It's amazing. They they are amazing. I mean, Netflix is a household name now. Yep. You Netflix and chill. Come on. That's like Friday night. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is true. That's funny. I, when you said you weren't going to go with uh, uh, Trump or a person, I, he, honestly, let, 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 I, we should just let Kristen in on it now. We uh, before we went live, uh, Nick came up with the idea. Let's let's all pick Trump just to break Kristen's balls. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm acting pretty rational. I don't think I, I'm totally overheated about. I mean, it's going to happen. What am I going to do? Yeah, no, no, you're 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 being very you're very good about the whole situation. So I yeah, I kick it off, and it's funny because I was having second thoughts, and I was going to go with the dog from the movie, and, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna stick to the plan, and I and I stuck with Trump, and then 
<laughs> who comes up with the idea throws a curveball in there. Well, I He's thought like Jimmy Netflix. was. I just assumed Jimmy left, and it was all you know up in the air. So. <laughs> Oh, you know what? His call must have dropped. Okay, Janetta, you're on there. You are you are muted. Yeah, I'm here. I am here. Okay. <laughs> and who's your pick now? Oh well, since you since you let the cat out of the bag, I don't have to go with Donald Trump this week. Uh, <laughs> although I would have, it would have been, you know, it would have been funny and entertaining. But uh, but actually, this week I'm going to go with the person that I posted on a totally driven page. Uh, Friend of mine, fellow fellow wrestler, fellow uh, totally driven member, uh, is going for the girl next door model search. Uh, Madeline Corvino. This girl is she's a weightlifter. She's a wrestler. She's a radio host. She is a beautiful girl and friend of mine, and I know how hard she works. And she should really be out there. She is totally driven. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. But you guys go with whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this is a, this is an interesting one. You, you, know, you know what? Because I'm I'm going to throw my hat into the Netflix uh, pile because um, <laughs> I'm a bigger fan of Netflix than I am of a mall. And as much as I'd like to vote for Janetti's, uh, uh, believe me, I would. I, and I did vote for her online. Um, I just know nobody else is, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Netflix is it this week. Netflix. Netflix. Everyone likes Netflix. Everyone loves Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a no lose. Like you don't hear nothing. That's it. You don't never hear nothing bad about Netflix. Oh, Netflix is great. It's so great. If they rise their prices, people will hate them for a minute, and then we'll get back to it and pay it and watch it. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I think they it. could end up, like, just raising it, like, a buck, and people really wouldn't care. Like, every time I go on there, it just seems like there's more and more original content they're providing. It's crazy. And they yeah, announced I mean, the 2007 about... – sorry, Kristen, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. They announced that in 2017 they're adding a thousand more hours of original content. Wow, that's a lot. There you go. Yeah, and that, that's exactly it. You're getting so much content. It's been enough for us to to cut the cord. And I know we talked a lot about that this week and some of the challenges of cutting the cord. But we don't miss. We just don't miss TV. Otherwise, between Amazon Prime and Netflix, we're good. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. I gotta figure that out some way. Some way I gotta beat the cord. I gotta be able to cut that do it. freaking cord. Our bill is so cheap too. Like that's the other thing. You know, it's like you pay your Amazon Prime membership for the year, and which we use a lot of Amazon anyway. And then, right. um, you know, the Netflix is whatever seven ninety nine a month or nine ninety nine, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, it's crazy. As a matter of fact, my wife started talking to the cable company the other day again. And was like, how about if we just go down to basic cable? This way we just have our, our normal channels and we're covered with that and cover those bases. And the bill would go from 190 to 150 a month. It's like, is it really worth it? And that's like, then I have to turn in the boxes out of my daughter's room. So now they'll only get the basic channels for real. 
They won't even get the mm-hmm. extra bonus channels. So I, I, I don't know. A lot of odds. You, you know, it's funny, though. Everybody complain, complained when Netflix raised their prices. But a lot of people probably don't remember in those sort of dark days before streaming, it was sixteen ninety nine for the DVD yes. plan. Okay? <laughs> like, they, what I'm paying now is still half of what I was paying. <laughs> that is always interesting because I, I, every once in a while I'll see a guy like, and it's always a guy, it's never a woman returning the red envelope to a post office, and I'm always like, "What is that? Like, why do you still have DVDs?" I mean, there's certain titles that I know are still only on the DVD um, plan, but it's one of those things. I'm like, that is like a relic from ten years ago. People still use the. I didn't even know the DVD plan was still in existence. It is, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, it, you know, it's like every time I walk out of the supermarket, it's still hard to believe, like, the what, 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 the red box. The, the red, those red box machines are still there. I'm like, I can't believe they still make any money. Like, I figure everybody's just using Netflix now. I know. It is kind of amazing. You're like, look at that. And, you know, and it's funny to me, we, we, I, we get screeners all the time for um, SAG Awards and the Emmys and things like that. And I'm fine if they just send the digital code, which a lot of the studios will do, and you can just, you know, watch it on your laptop or watch it, you know, um, on on TV um, that's enabled, you know, for, for Wi-Fi. But um, a lot of them, like, a lot of the actors get upset if the studios don't send DVDs, and I'm always just like, ah, it's just more clutter in the house. Just send me the code. I'll watch it, and I'm done with it. But we still get DVDs. They still exist. People still want to touch something, you know? And I, I guess I have to like open my eyes to that because I'm like I still like to read a book. I'm I'm not um, an ebook reader, so. Oh man, me and you both. I, <laughs> me and Bay just had a conversation yesterday about the beauty of old books, and I, I have a bunch of Kindle Fires. I've never read one book on. Yeah. Just I'm not a tablet girl. I'm not um, interested in. <laughs> And, you know, reading a book on my screen, I'm on my laptop all day. I'm like, I don't need it. And But, you know, when I'm on an airplane, I want to carry my 10-pound book in my bag. <laughs> I don't care You're how heavy right. it is. That's funny. Oh, well, this has been a hell of a conversation. We, we could go on for another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We've hit it all. Uh, so what do you got uh, coming up this week for you? Uh, this is um, – this current week coming is going to be um, SAG Awards week, so there'll be a oh, lot okay. when it comes to, yeah, uh, red carpet and all that other good stuff. It won't be until – it's a week from Sunday, but there'll be a lot of activity around that because it's the next big award show. Producers Guild Awards is also this coming week, so um, we kind of dive back into award show season. This this week was a little bit light because of the inauguration, and um, Hollywood doesn't usually schedule award shows to overlap with the inauguration, so. Right. I'm sure it turned out differently for most of Hollywood, though. They probably all thought they were going to be in D.C. going to a ball, and they're not. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're scattered throughout the country doing protest walks. (laughs) Yeah, I will tell you, all of Hollywood will either be, on Saturday, will either be in downtown L.A. or they'll be in Washington. So that's what's going to wind up happening. That's too funny. It's crazy. Cool. All right. Well, hey, always a pleasure. 
can't wait to talk to you again next week. And, uh, yeah, have, have fun and be safe out there. Watch them protest. I will. Thanks so much. We'll see what happens after our first week. We'll have a first week of Trump. We'll see what happens. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Kristen, we'll talk next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye. All right, there she goes, Kristen Burke. Check her out all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. Just look for Kristen Burke, K-R-I-S-T-Y-N-B-U-R-T-T. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y-N-B-U-R-T-T. Anymore, like, this is what I mean. Like, we need to just make a, uh, a show with Kristen, like the four of us. Right, right, <laughs> Uh, we're going to do the Totally Driven show with guests and then the one where it's just us talking. Right, right. Because, I mean, <laughs> we started with Kristen with a 10-minute segment. Now we're, like, each week it's going. That's the longest we've ever gone with her. We, we went, like, almost 50 minutes with her. Oh, wow. Yeah. we uh, 45. We did 45 with her. That's awesome. Too funny. Yeah. And it's non-stop. It, it, it's just, it's good conversation. I love it. I love it each week. It gets better and better. So where are we at here? Uh, I guess we should take a commercial break. Oh, man. Okay. I am so tired. Getting old sucks. <laughs> All right, let me, um, let me, uh, let's see here. Let me pick out a bumper to play. <laughs> oh, there's one we haven't played in a while. All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna take a commercial break. We'll be back in a few minutes. And coming up on the flip side, we're gonna be talking to uh, KK Kasur or Troy Noor. Either or from them. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Kelly LeBrock, and you are listening to Totally Driven Radio. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of phone in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. 
Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. What's up, everybody? This is Marty Friedman. You're listening to Totally Driven Radio. It's an inferno up in here. All right, well, welcome back to Total Germ Radio. There you go. There you go. Bills are paid. Nice. I was actually at uh, Ontario Street Comics the other day. They were doing, um, it was a, a photo shoot for um, cosplayers read to, um, they're starting like a, a reading program where they're going to have cosplayers come in once a month and read to kids. It's going to be pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So the other day they were doing like uh, promotional shots for it. So there was when I stopped in, there was probably probably uh, almost ten cosplayers there at that point. Um, you know, doing shoots and all. It was it was pretty cool. Like each character, um, the photographer would set them up in a in a spot in the store, um, holding like a, a comic book of their character, and uh, you know it would look like they were reading. And it was really really cool the way the pictures came out. And it was really nice. So, yeah, it should be a really cool thing. That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, totally, totally. So, all right, so it's time. It's time to welcome our first guest. He's waiting patiently. Let's get him on the line. Let's see if I pronounce names right here. Let's welcome to the show. They're called Them. And this guy, he's got an alter ego. He's got a real name and an alter ego. Let's go real name first. Troy Noor. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. All right, I'm one for one. Uh, let's, let's go for the other one. Now, is it KK Kasur? No. <laughs> it's KK ah, Foster. KK Foster. Uh, well, that's whole. That's the whole uh, little piece of the whole uh, conceptual story that makes up Sweet Hollow, which is the the debut album from them. And uh, basically, the character that I portray. Oh. Uh, I sing on stage um, in a particular costume and a facial prosthetic, 
he's written into the story, and it's a it's about um, how this man who was a family man um, lost his baby. Okay, he lost his child. He's a family man. He lost his child, and he okay. happens to be a warlock. Okay, so he uses his okay. powers to try to resurrect the, the the infant, and he's successful. But the townsfolk um, of the area didn't really appreciate that, so they stormed the area as he was just about um, fully completed with the. What was that? What was that? Oh, there we go. Wow. <laughs> did you were you did you do that? Was that your effect? That was not me. <laughs> Holy cow. What the hell was that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't know. So anyway, um he he's just about completed with the incantation to resurrect his baby and his um the 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 the, the people storm the area. They they destroy the baby. They they take him to the town square and they put him on trial. And first part of the trial, he has to watch his wife and his older daughter, Miranda, be burned alive at the stake. And to make matters worse, they they actually um, burned uh, an inverted Celtic cross in his face. So he would always carry the shame of his family for the remaining days of that he walked on the earth. And that's how the that's story starts. Right yeah, so that's pretty KK... Deep. <laughs> KK stands for uh, Klaus Koenig. Fosser is his title. And KK, um, it, basically, it's easier to pronounce uh, KK than Klaus Koenig. There's no uh, right. correlation or connection to KK Downing, right? So it's, gotcha, the reason gotcha. is just it's a harder it's a harder name to pronounce because it's a, you know it's a German name. And not many people can say uh, pronounce Koenig. That's his last name. So it's K.K. Fosser. Now, when you do something like this, like with the whole concept thing, things like that really, <clears throat> they really amaze me. Because, I, I mean, you really got to, I mean, you basically got to write that whole story. I mean, it's not like a real simple thing. It's not like you're writing your, like, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll song. You got to write a story first, pretty much, and then take that story and then transform it into music with different songs. Yes, it's it's actually a lot more complex. Um, I I've written many songs previously. I've never written a concept record, um, and a so, and a song is a story. So now you have to take <clears throat> you have to take um, um, a whole overview of a story, break it down into chapters, and each song is a chapter. And so right. you know the the songs have to be able to stand on their own musically and the story has to flow has to make sense it's 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 hard it's, it's it wasn't it's not it wasn't an easy thing i mean i've never done listen when i've written a song before i'd write a whole song soup to nuts lyrics uh, vocal patterns l- lyrics done finished on to the next song i didn't do that for this record what i did was i uh, wrote all vocal patterns for all the songs and then um, I had a sto- the story, and I had a whiteboard, uh, this huge whiteboard, um, had to have been about five or six feet width by five or six feet high, and I wrote on there the whole entire story in a summer in like a Cliff Notes version, what happened in each chapter, and once I did that, and once I had all the vocal patterns down, 
basically, because things would change a little bit in the studio. Then what I did was I wrote lyrics sequentially from beginning to end. I've never done that, but I did that this time. <laughs> and it worked. The formula worked. So, so what, what made you want to go this route? You said you've never done this before. What inspired you to do this whole concept then? Well, um, I actually started many, many years ago. In the late 80s, I was in a thrash metal band called Cold Steel. And okay. we were on like the cusp of uh, the last wave before thrash metal and a lot of metal took a hit, but, but right when the grunge scene uh, kicked in. Okay. So uh, we, we disbanded, and I didn't sing for like about nine years, eight years, nine years, nothing. And um, I actually wound up going through, you know, I had family, had, had um, you know, started a family, started a career, all that, you know, like traditional, what people do, traditionally do. And, you know, then I wound up getting a divorce, lost my house, lost my kids, had to start all over. Oh, and uh, it was tough. So what what I did was... I realized that music was such a big part of my life, and it, and you know, just I loved, I love music. I love writing music. I love creating music. So I started small. I started playing in a cover band for a few years, and in the cover band they played all different types of metal, and it was a good, you know, it was good for me to blow off my steam with these guys, and we had a great time. Still friends with them to this day, and um, they uh, they would play, you know, like Maiden. Metallica, Megadeth, and what first started happening was some of the songs I was able to imitate <clears throat> the uh, the vocalist. Um, first first one was actually uh, Megadeth. I mean, we would play some of these songs live, and people would run, you know, like people go out in the back to smoke cigarettes sometimes, and they'd come run out, coming running out when we play a Megadeth song, to, and tell me after the set saying, "You sound just like Dave Mustaine." I thought Dave Mustaine was here. I thought he was singing, you know, and you would see while we were performing, people run. It was funny. So that, you know, that led me to want to do a Megadeth tribute. And I started a Megadeth tribute with some of these guys in the same group. And okay. it really wasn't a, a correct Megadeth tribute, but it was good. But then what happened was while we we're playing with the other cover band, the first cover band that I, that I went back to, you know, that I was with originally, they, uh, the guitar player was playing a King Diamond song. And I okay. said, wait a second. Why haven't you played that before? I love King Diamond. I never met anybody that knew how to play King Diamond. Oh, yeah, I know the whole Them album. So I said, really? Okay, so why don't we do a show? Like, why don't we do a show? Why don't we do one song? Those guys at the time wanted nothing to do with that. So I took him... And I said on the side, I said, look, let's, next year, let's do like a Halloween show. He said, sure. Well, he never made that Halloween show, but I did it. And we did a King Diamond tribute called Them, the King Diamond tribute. We did three shows. First show we played with Mike Weed. Mike Weed played a few songs with us from King Diamond. I saw a video of that. I was watching that earlier today. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was pretty cool. Uh, then we decided to continue, and we played for a few years. At the end of the run, Hal Patino uh, flew over from, from Denmark, and he, he stayed with me, and he performed with our group of them, the King Diamond Tribute, for, for four shows. And after the fourth show, he went home, 
and that was it. But leading up to that moment, I, I asked the guys in the King Diamond tribute, let's, you know, let's, let's do, let's do like an original offshoot, not a copy, not a copy, but an offshoot, a little heavier, but you know, I'll use some of the voices. I use my own mm-hmm. voices. I have all different types of voices. Um, and they were like, they really weren't too interested. But then at the tail end of this last show, they agreed. Let's let's work on some material. Well, what happened was there was a resurgence, a small resurgence of Cold Steel, and there was these two labels that wanted to re-release our, all of our recorded material from back in the late 80s and early 90s. Okay. So they they turned around and they're they're releasing this. I put everything on hold to do another EP with Cold Steel. Okay. Well, in 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 the in the interim, these guys didn't want to record uh didn't want to record anymore with me. So, I had met at a business at a, like a business dinner. Um I met the guitar player from Landfear. And I was going over with a person that was um, the owner of one of the record companies that was re-releasing the Cold Steel material, and they mm-hmm. they had just happened to be in town because they were playing uh, the prog the prog metal fest in Atlanta that they have every year. The, the band okay. Landfear was playing, so I didn't know he was even in Landfear at the moment when we were sitting down. We were sitting, you know, there was a bunch of a bunch of guys sitting down, and they're all great great guys. And that was the first time I'm meeting with them. And I'm showing the record, the record company owner. His name is uh, Andy and uh, from Battlecry Records in Germany. And I'm showing him ideas, original ideas for them. Now, Marcus Ulrich from Landfear, the guitar player, he's watching and listening, and he liked the ideas. And when he went back to Germany, he, he started communicating with me. We became very friendly back then. And he wrote... You know, wrote to me saying, "Hey, look, I could help you out. Um, you have great ideas." And then you fast forward in time, the guys in the King Diamond tribute—they didn't want to—they didn't want to um, record uh, anymore. And I told Marcus, and Marcus said, "I'll do it with you. I'll write the record with you." So, and that's what started them. And originally, it was going to be just a recording project, but mm-hmm. since then, we 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 actually toured with Halloween throughout the uh, U.S. and Canada. It was a small run, uh, the beginning sure. of this, of the, sorry, the beginning of 2016. And then our record came out, our debut record, Sweet Hollow, came out in September. So a lot has happened <laughs> to get to this point. Now, uh, yeah, when I was like reading through that, I saw like, uh, you know, when you made the transition over to the, to the original Them project, I was just like, wow! I can't believe like he had to like get a form a whole new band. I, I I couldn't believe that they like didn't want to come over with you. You know what I mean? It was just weird to me. Well, the thing was, um, I'm I'm very good. I'm very close with those those guys, and uh, we had you know basically they were some of those guys were also in Cold Steel, and okay. when when Cold Steel and we recorded an, an EP um, called America Idol. And that came out in 2013, 2013. And it started, you know, starting getting a little bit of a buzz. But, you know, it wasn't a full-blown album. It was like five tracks. And basically we got offered to do a tour with Halloween. And I said yay, and everybody said nay. And the, the, the thing with Cold Steel, for me, it was my childhood group. 
And we were shortchanged out of a European tour. We were shortchanged out of a lot of things. Uh, because back in the day, in 1992, when the record, our debut record came out, the record label was shut down by the German authorities. It was a German label. They were selling uh, inappropriate material in the back of one of their stores. And they were, they were actually put in jail, <laughs> from what I understand. So we lost oh, our tour. We had a tour. We lost it. And we lost the label. And I just, that's, at that moment, that's when I, I, quit, I, cut, I quit music. I was so upset, so depressed. So now when we got to this point again in my life where I really felt there was significance for Cold Steel to go on a tour, we never went on a tour. We played shows. We played some big shows back in the day, but we never really did a right. tour. So, and on top of that, one of the founding members of Cold Steel, his name was Dominic Mincelli, he died. He died in a car accident when our first demo came out, which made waves oh, in the underground. And he, you know, he died. He died. He got killed by a drunk driver. So there was a lot of significance for us to do this. Those guys didn't understand it because they weren't there in the very beginning. They were like right. a second and third wave of Cold Steel. So gotcha. Gotcha. when they said they didn't want to do the tour, they also said we don't want to, rec you know, we don't we don't want to continue with you because I told them I wanted to go on a tour, and I was going to bring a whole other, and I did. I brought a whole other band. And they are actually the last version of Cold Steel. They're a band called Sanitarius. And, um, you know, they did a tour with me. They did a tour throughout the United States and Canada. And they also played festival shows with me in Europe. So oh, they, cool. they, they stepped up and they helped me out. I still love the other guys. They're, you know, I love them till the day I die, whether they agree with the things, that, the decisions I've made or not. But, you know, people get slighted, people get upset. But there was a reason behind it, and I cannot make any excuses or, you know, apologies. It's, you know, it needed to be finished in a certain way. And sure. so then I switched gears to them, back to them, and Marcus Ulrich decided, you know, he was going to help me, you know, work with me. And we're, we're great friends, and he's a great guy. He's a fantastic musician, fantastic songwriter. He released three records last uh, this year. This, sorry, I keep saying this year. It's 2017. <laughs> three records. 2016. Wow. The Lanfear record, he's in Septagon, which is an up and, up and rising thrash metal band, and uh, Sweet Hollow. Three wow. records. Like one, two, three, boom, 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 and they're all great records. You know, objectively awesome. speaking. So. Sure, sure. Wow. So. You've been through but, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have. I, you know what? Lately, lately, I've been making enemies, but I, I'm trying not to. I mean, I, I, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. You know, I, I love people. <laughs> you know what, though? It, it, I, I think uh, now I'm going to say this. Now, I don't know like, the true thing, but I'm going to say this probably, too. Like, at this point in our lives, we're probably about the same age. We're mid to late 40s. Um, you know, people, uh, we have families. Some of us have families. Some of us don't. And a lot of us now coming around, like, uh, you know, you have, like, this whole second wind now with your love of music. And, like, it's like now or never. And you're following after it. And you're going for what you believe in. And, you know, that's exactly. Uh, you I'm know, 47 years old. I'm 47 years old. I could be dead tomorrow. Exactly. I'm going to exactly. do what I set out to do. There's no excuses. There's no apologies. I mean, there's a train. I jumped on the train. 
jump on the train with me. I want you to jump on the train with me. You don't want to jump right. on the train? Okay. I, the train is not going to stop. It's got to keep going. You know, um, like I said, something could happen, and I might not be able to do this. You know, I just right. I want to be satisfied where I when I lay down, you know, music as a, as performing. You know, maybe at one particular point, you know, maybe I just create behind the scenes and, you know, like produce or my my daughter actually is a, a phenomenal singer, and um, you know I want to do stuff for her too. She doesn't sing heavy metal, though. I'm trying to convince her to. <laughs> trying, trying to convince her. I say, I say honey, you could, you could do so well. You know? She doesn't want to do heavy metal, though. <laughs> That's funny. So, well, dude, I'll tell you yeah. what, man. Like, I, I was going sitting there uh, today getting ready for uh, the interview tonight, and I was going through, I was finding, like, old video guys from uh, on YouTube doing, like, the Merciful Fate stuff and uh, the King Diamond stuff. Dude, you were spot on. Like, I closed my eyes. Like, it was freaking King Diamond. Nobody could tell me any different. Like, uh, so, I mean, you you got it. Like, you're there with King Diamond. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And and the new stuff, I mean, it's just awesome, too. Like, and you can hear the whole, I mean, with the whole package, it's it's very King Diamond influence between having uh, the look and, uh, you know, the voice at times. You know, it's not all the time, but you can hear touches of it here and there. And, oh, there's definitely uh, you know, influence. Yeah. Sure. I'm not going to sure, say, absolutely. I would never deny that. And, and part of the influence is what, what had driven me to, um, you know, to do this, you know, if it wasn't for King Diamond, there would be no right. de- them because them was originally a King Diamond tribute band. And a lot of critics, right. they didn't understand this when they, when our album was first, you know, being reviewed and some of us, some of them panned us. That say, oh, you know, oh, they're trying to copycat. And people would actually argue with them and debate with them on these online reviews. And then once a full press release went out um, explaining the origin or basic origin, then everybody say, oh, okay, we got it. We understand. You know, never once. I've actually spoken to King face-to-face. Um, I met him uh, through Monty Connor. Who is a was a big A and R? Who is a big A and R rep? Uh, he was at Roadrunner. Now he's at Nuclear Blast Entertainment. Uh, Monty promised me one day that he was going to introduce me to um, King. Monty, Monty, one of Monty's claim to fame is sl- signing Slipknot, by the way. So Monty promised me, and the reason why Monty promised me, I didn't know Monty from a hole in the wall. I went into his Roadrunner office with Hal Patino, and I sang to him. And, and Monty was Monty's a big King Diamond fan, and he was trying to he was trying to uh, you know throw me off. Can you sing this? Can you sing that? Boom, 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 belting it out. And when he got when he got let go, uh, you know, actually Atlantic Records acquired Roadrunner, and they squeezed out the the big you know the big money the the, the big salaries, and he 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 was let go. And when he, on his day, his last day, I went in there dressed as King Diamond and I sang to him and he really appreciated that. And he said, Troy, I'm going to introduce you to King one day. I promise you, I'm going to introduce you. I said, all right. I mean, I don't really know. I didn't really know Monty that well, but he kept his word. He kept his word and I met him. We, we went to a show in, in New York City to see King Diamond. He said, oh, meet me for dinner. We, we had dinner and, uh, you know, after dinner... We went to the show, and he said, hey, stay right here. I'll be right back. And he got, he got a VIP 
access to me, and I went and I met King right before King performed. And I spoke to King, and I told him, I said, look, here's a CD of six songs from a record I did. There is influence from you. I want you to understand there is no way, and no way have I tried to disrespect you. He says, I, you know, he knew about me. You know, he saw some of the videos, and, um, right. you know, I actually even sung to him. I, I, sang, I sang a piece of uh, A Mansion in Darkness to him, and he laughed. He chuckled. He said, now try, make, try doing that every day for a year and see, see how you feel. <laughs> and everybody was laughing. But he's, he's a character. But it was great that I got to meet him because if you don't meet him before the show, you're probably not going to meet him after because he disappears after the show, after his shows. So I met him right before, like 10 minutes before he went on. And it was, it was a yeah. memorable night for me. And, you know, I, I was able to tell him. Maybe he might not have understood immediately, but he sure. may reference that conversation at some point that nothing that I'm doing is trying to disrespect him in whatsoever, in the least. I mean, dude, how, how did that, I mean, before even meeting him, you had to know um, he knew of you. Because you had you had played with uh, two guys at one, uh, you know, I guess on separate occasions that were part of his band. Yeah, so he they, had to know about spoken you. to him he about me. Yeah. right. So he 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 knew about you. Like, how was that? Like, that must have been kind of weird feeling. Well, well, I mean, I'm not I'm not part of his inner circle. Sure. But I also have another – I mean, it, it wasn't really that weird because I, I also have a, a close friend of mine that lives in another state that's really, really tight with King. So tight. When King played in the area, him, him and Livia, his wife, King's wife, would, went and had dinner at his house. You know, I mean, that's how tight he is with King. And uh, he used to be a, a DJ back in the day. He used to uh, DJ for WSOU. Um, in New okay. Jersey, he was a college station, mm-hmm. and uh, he, you know, he he would talk to King about me, and he had conversations to King well, with King about me. So you know, it's not, it wasn't that weird. It wasn't that weird. King already knew, you know, he already knew of me. He's already seen some video clips. King watches. He doesn't just, you know, you know, just he doesn't like he like looks online and he, you know, he watches and he looks at videos and listens to songs. He's, you know, he, he, he's aware. He's quite aware of what's right. going on. That's awesome. You know, so, so it wasn't weird. It, w- it wasn't really weird. Now, I, how I about thought it was like, funny um, when, he, when he laughed when I sang to him. That was funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> now, how about with, um, uh, like, when you guys do live shows? I, I mean, when you guys toured with Halloween, did you, like, bring – your whole production around. I mean, because I see like uh, pictures of you with like an old lady and stuff like yeah. that. I, I, I mean, do you guys do a lot of that stuff too while you're like out on the road? Or we we did that. Yes, actually, we. Um, it, what was what was amazing, and I think a, a highlight for me as a live performer was actually performing on stage, seeing. Facial expressions from people in the audience, from a packed house each night, not knowing who we were, or like they they actually understood to some degree what was going on, but they were blown away. And while we're playing, there's certain theatrical elements that are injected into the show periodically, not too much, 
but probably just about right. And yes, there's some, some characters that are from in the story that were, we brought them on the road with us. One being the, the grandmother, as you say, but in the story, her name is not grandma. Her, her name is Henrietta. And uh, she's in the story. She's the one who, like I said, there's a whole story. And what I told you originally, that was the beginning of it. But later on, right. there's a family that, that moves into a town where he is now the caretaker of Sweet Hollow. Because he, after the events that led to his family's demise, he fled Germany. And he, he came to the United States. And being a recluse, he, you know, he just acquired a position to, to take care of a cemetery called Sweet Hollow. And Sweet Hollow is um, down a road from a particular area where a family moved in, and these two children would cross, would pass the cemetery each and every day from school. They befriended him ultimately because they would play in the school in the um, they play in the in the in the cemetery, and they played with him. And he warned them that he they they can't come here at night, you know after you know once the sun goes down because there's spirits that that want them. Well, Ma- Mary, the girl, she didn't listen, and she became possessed. She goes back. Ultimately, she kills her whole entire family except for Henrietta because Henrietta had her door locked at night. Henrietta overpowers her at a particular moment and takes her back to KK because she knew that from the town, uh, from talking to people in the town, that KK had abilities to help. And he basically he performs an exorcism to expel the demon from Mary. And it's very difficult because the she's she's possessed with a demon that they, um, with a, 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 a spirit called the Crimson Corpse, okay. And he's trying to perform a transportation exorcism, and he is successful, but he doesn't think he's successful. So he he. At the very end of the, the, the incantation, he, he sacrifices, he stabs her, kills the girl. By this point, Henrietta had, had been tossed aside and hit her head on a gravestone during a little, um, you know, a little scuff that's going on during the uh, actual incantation process. She, the girl, you know, he, KK kills her, stabs her to save her soul. But the demon did transport, transported into him. So as the story and the way the, the record ends, you hear her, Mary scream. She screams after he stabs her. And, at the, and you don't, the, list, the listener doesn't know this, but KK becomes possessed. So he's possessed, and going on to the next record, he flees. He flees the, the area, and he's migrating now. He's going to seek refuge in Salem. And then the, the time period is going to switch into the next album. Uh, goes from the 18, late 1800s into the 1920s. So a little time period that, that lapse, lapses. And the next record is going to be called Manor of the Seven Gables. And the story is going to continue. It's going to continue. You're already plotting the next record. Yeah, it's going to continue. It's, it's, it's an ongoing journey. Um, I'm not going to say we're going to re- we're going to record 12 records. I'm I'm in my late 40s, <laughs> so <laughs> we might have three. <laughs> I'm being realistic. We might have three solid records pertaining to three acts of this story, but it'll be one story. It's not a trilogy, so to speak, but 
yet three acts to this play or to the story. And in this particular one, everybody pretty much dies except for KK and his assistant that helped him during the um, the, the the ceremony, the you know the uh, the exorcism. Uh, and his name is Remsen. So they flee together, and the, the next story will take place in another location in another time period. Now, what's very interesting is that this story isn't all fictional. Majority is fiction, but there's some fact and there's some folklore injected as well. Um, Sweet Hollow does exist. Uh, I live on Long Island, all right, and there's okay. a cemetery called uh, there's a cemetery called uh, Melville Cemetery. Okay, uh, Melville Cemetery. There's a lot of uh, local folklore that surrounds it. And if you look it up, you put it like if you put in Google, you know, Sweet Hollow. Sweet Hollow Cemetery, or Sweet Hollow, or Melville Cemetery, you'll you'll see it. Uh, they'll give you all different types of links. And basically, there's an unmarked grave called um, unmarked Mary grave, and there's some folklore that states that Mary killed her whole entire family with a hatchet. So I took little pieces of folklore. S- Sweet Hollow Road does exist, but Melville Cemetery is on Sweet Hollow Road in real life. Um, and it does have a older section to it. I've been in it. I've been in it at night. When you take pictures, there's orbs all over the place. So there is definitely some some facts, some 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 folklore, and a lot of a lot of uh, fiction. And one of the songs on the record is called "Down the Road to Misery," and it's about basically the family, the Hawthorns moving in. Well, ultimately the girl Mary she becomes possessed. Well. There is a, right down the road from Sweet Hollow is Mount Misery, Mount Misery, Long Island. It's it's there. It's an area, and so I just I took some of these pieces, and I will do that with the future records. I'll take a little bit of fact, a little bit of folklore, and then I'll 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 build a story around it. It makes it very interesting from my perspective. Now, did you ever think of like turning this into like an actual book? Well, no, but I uh, I would love to make it a movie. <laughs> to be honest with you, I would love to make it a movie, and uh, could be a book, could be a movie, maybe both down the road. Could be a book and a movie. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, but I, would, I, I, I mean that's one of the reasons why we didn't release a video. I don't. Um, we we released lyric videos, but we did not release any like you know theatrical or conceptual videos yet. And one of the reasons is it doesn't – it's not I, – I, I personally just don't want just a regular music video. You know, right. it, ha, it, it can't be just a regular music video. It has to assist in telling the story. I personally would love to do the whole record <laughs> and make it like almost like a, a Rocky Horror picture show, but, but horror. But it's, gotcha. it's horror. It's, it's not comical. It's this – you know, it's not – you know, uppity. It's it's horror. It's a horror. It's a horror story. You know, um, there's blood. There's there's demons. There's you know, there's <laughs> death. It's not nothing. You know, there's there's, there's no happy ending. <laughs> right. Right. Unfortunately, but that's the story. That's the story I I came up with. Nice. Now, who, who plays Henrietta? I, I mean, uh, <laughs> is somebody dragging their grandmother around with you guys or? 
No, no, she she comes with me. She, I actually work with her. Uh, her her name is uh, Angela Doritas, and um, many years ago when she 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 played also Grandma in um, uh, the King Diamond tribute because we played you know we we did some some songs off of the Them album, and uh, she you know she I remember telling her asking her at work I said you know I don't want to insult you but. Do you, you know, you'd be perfect, you know, to play in the show with us. So she said, I'm in. <laughs> she didn't even really know the details. And she's, she's, such a, she's such a great sport. She loves it. She has a great time. People ask her for her autographs. You oh, know, and she's gone to, like, every show, every show except for one, if I remember correctly. It was either one or two. No, it's two of them. And she's been at every show. She wears costumes. She plays the part. Um, we did when we did the tour with Halloween. She was she went on tour with us, you know, wow. and she did awesome. She had a great time and took pictures with with you know with the fans and a lot of fun. Great time. That's awesome. That is awesome. Now, have you guys ever come down here to, to Philly to play? We haven't. No, we haven't played in that area. When we did play um, in the U.S., we played. Um, let's see, we played New York, uh, Cleveland, uh, Chicago, uh, L.A. We had a show in, uh, what was it, Seattle, but we couldn't make it. We had uh, van problems, so we had to go. We, we took care of the van problems, and we, we drove to uh, L.A. from Chicago. But uh, the Hel- Halloween did not, you know, we were just direct support. We didn't plan, right. you know, a tour. It was their tour, so we went where they where they went. Right. And at the end of the tour, because two two members of our group are you know are from Germany, they we played the last show in L.A. They got on a plane and they went home, you know. So wow. uh, it it makes it a little difficult because sometimes you know I can't I can't begin to tell you how many people promoters would contact me saying, oh we want to have them p- play this show or that show. Well, no, we can't do one we can't do onesies. You know, we have to do a tour, or we don't play. Right. <laughs> you know, wow. um, so that I mean that's that's how it is right now. So unless I mean I don't think we can really, you know, unless unless those one shows pay a lot of money where it covers all the expenses, because sure, because sure. honestly we, we we don't you know we, we don't really make money doing this. I mean this is we do this because it's it's a passion of ours, and you know right. I mean. I find this to be better than going to say Atlantic City and, and dropping, you know, ten grand. <laughs> We're coming back with nothing. <laughs> you know, at right, least I right. get to enjoy something. You know, so that's true. And that's that my true. my view. I mean, you know, think about it. You know, I'll go I'll go overseas and do a tour overseas and get to see some places. Maybe not in a tip in a traditional. Uh, way where you know oh we're going we're going to you know England we're going to go here 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 and here uh, you know as tourists well that doesn't happen yeah. <laughs> as you're driving in the van oh look look at that oh look at this you know right that's pretty much how it is and you get to uh, get to experience some of the culture while you're there but that's you know it's quick it's like boom 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 on to the next place <laughs> <laughs> very nice Cool. All right. So Sweet Hollow's out. It came out back in September. And uh, something I saw uh, on, on your social media, on your Facebook page, a lot of, which is really cool. Like, you got people uh, – well, first of all, you guys released uh, limited edition vinyl, and you get 
multicolored one. You got a blue one, you got a white one, and you got a lot of fans um, taking pictures and, and posting it onto your Facebook pages, which is really cool. Yes. Uh, yes, there's white. I believe that's limited to saying somewhere around 100 pieces. It's very limited. And blue, my favorite color. I think that's like double that. And then you have black, and that's still even. They're not, it's not like they keep, you know, they keep pressing. Um, right. The next run, uh, there's talk about them doing a gatefold. That probably wouldn't be till later this year. Um, they, they, there's also uh, they were supposed to be doing a, a box set. That would oh, be nice. cool. That would be that would be very limited. Um, so I'm I'm just waiting to see when they're going to do that because that you know we had these special inlays that were printed up and we autographed the whole band autographed them and they're supposed to go into that that box set. So uh, I personally would like to have one for my collection. <laughs> I collect a little bit of everything that I do. You know, I put, just put it away. I have sure. like this big trunk and I put everything in there. So when I'm 80 years old, I look at it and say, oh, I did this? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's uh, let's tell everybody where they can get the album and find you guys and uh, keep up to date with everything. Sure, sure. Uh, Well, you could either um, purchase it, purchase our record, uh, Sweet Hollow, the debut from them on uh, them666.com. Or you can hit up, hit us up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thembandofficial. There you go. Cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun, man. Well, oh, yeah. Again, nice time. again, finding out about them. And, uh, yeah, it's great stuff. And, actually, I got a tune queued up here. What do I got? What do I got? I got Forever Burns queued up and ready to roll. So let's uh, – Play this for the people and Troy. I want to thank you for uh, coming on and taking time out. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's keep in touch, man. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Anytime. Awesome. Take care, Troy. You too. Take care. Have a great year. Bye. Bye bye. You too. Bye. All right, here it is. Forever, Bur- Forever Burns from then.
pretty wild. Pretty wild. I, I still don't understand, like, you know, he spells the name K-O-S-S-O-R. I don't know how the F came in there, but I, I, I am not German, and uh, I guess that would explain it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, right? That's all that matters. Too funny. Now, I think uh, we lost Mr. Gennetti. I know we lost Gennetti during the game. You know if he came back on yet? No. Um, what did I want to throw out there? Oh, uh, <clears throat> real quick, something I, I heard before we went uh, on the air, too. Kind of a, I mean, this is a major milestone, but uh, SVU next Wednesday's episode of SVU is their 400th episode. Oh, wow. That's a lot of freaking shows. That really is. Wow. And that's a show that will truly live on in syndication, like, for a long time. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, and it's, uh, wow, that's, I mean, it, that is something. And it's the only, it's the only one left, right? Yes. I'll see uh, the Law and Order ones. Yeah. Wow. That's the sole survivor. And, I, you know, I wonder, you know, will it continue on for another season? I, I mean, they're really setting up with this whole, um, you know, Chicago series of stuff, like, just to take over with everything. Oh, man, I saw, like, the trailer for the whole set of, like, all four shows, and I was like, damn, you know, <laughs> I got a movie. We're going to be seeing, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to be seeing uh, four-way crossovers now of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, and that's – and every once in a while, Law & Order shows up, so that could be crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. It's good stuff, man. Love them shows. Oh, man. So you, you wanted to hear about the, uh, the Pop-Tarts? Oh, yeah, Definitely. <laughs> so um yeah the other day when i was uh running through the supermarket grabbing a few things i see uh at the end of an aisle two displays that i had to stop and like grab things uh one display uh was girl scout cookie cereal really they had um yeah they had thin mint flavor and Samoa flavor, which the Samoas are my favorite, the the caramel coconut ones, then the chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe now they're called Caramel Delight. Uh, I guess I don't know what they're called. <laughs> I, <laughs> they were called. All Samoas I know is for years. Yeah, exactly. All I know is, <clears throat> um, the Girl Scout cookies version is a lot better than the Girl Scout cookie cereal. The the really? cereal, yeah, I was really, really disappointed. It didn't really have much of a similar taste to the cookie. It was, it was just kind of like there. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't right, right. It wasn't very cookie-flavored uh, influenced, in my opinion. So I was rather disappointed in the Girl Scout cookie cereal. Now, on the flip side... Across the aisle from that cereal was a, a display of 
uh, limited edition Pop-Tart flavors. And uh-huh. they were Dunkin' Donuts, uh, Vanilla Latte, and uh, Dunkin' Donuts Chocolate Mocha flavor. So I had a, a pack of each. Uh, I had a pack of one yesterday morning for breakfast and a pack of the other one this morning for, yesterday for breakfast. Both are home runs, out of the park, great stuff, great flavor, love them both. And with a nice cold glass of milk to wash it down, home run. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I wouldn't do that, dude, because I, I can't do the, uh, the coffee flavor at all. Dude, you know what? It's not real strong coffee flavor at all. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, if you like that vanilla, I mean, it's just a little oh. hint of vanilla. I'm one of those people that believes that a drop of coffee contaminates the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, I, I, that's that's pretty crazy. I didn't even know they had, you know, the flavors like that. And I I purposefully avoid that aisle just for that reason. It's tough. It, it's tough. It is well, tough. Man. Even... I got caught. Usually I try to eat pretty healthy these days, but I got caught in the aisle with the uh, I got caught It was a crossfire of Chips Ahoy because they weren't like regular ones. It was like no. brownie stuffed. Uh, yeah, stuff. I was there. Birthday, Birthday cake, cake stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I what did you think like of them? Six different times. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help that they're running them. They'll put them on sale for like two for five, too. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, dude, it's uh, it's, it, it's total fact fact eye problems, man. It really is. It really is. Like nobody else has these problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. So funny. Let me see what else we got here. Uh, Darts off the chart. Um, let me talk about the uh, LAW thing. Cross that off the chart. Just announced today, coming to Philadelphia, June 4th. Can't wait. Can't freaking wait. It's going to sell next week. <laughs> Did you hear who's coming? No. Iron Maiden is coming to the Wells Fargo Center with Ghost opening up. Come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so fucking there. Oh, that's going to be a great time with some fucking weirdos. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great night. I can't wait. It's going to be the weirdest tailgate ever. <laughs> uh, and I'll be there in the middle of it all, handing out flyers and possibly magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That's crazy. Here, here's a funny thing. Uh, so, last night, I was, uh, <clears throat> first, it was probably like 10 o'clock or whatever. I'm, me and Jess were in an in-depth conversation about some stuff. And it's like 10 o'clock and my phone's ringing. And I'm like, who the fuck is calling me at 10 o'clock? I'm thinking, like, some fucking asshole customer's calling me. And I saw it was a Vegas <laughs> number. I'm, just, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who the fuck is this? Like, uh, and I didn't bother. So, right. 10.30, I 
I go upstairs. I'm getting ready to get in bed. And now I have to bring with our new TV in our bedroom. I have because it's hooked through my fucking phone. So I have to bring my phone to bed now so I can set the timer up on the TV to shut off as I fall asleep. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's the whole built-in Google cast. It's stupid, dude. It's so fucking stupid. But um, they left a message. I'm like, oh, fuck. Who the fuck is this? Like, Because we have this car at work that everybody's calling about, so I'm, I'm thinking that's what it was. Because I'm getting – people call me from freaking Texas on this stupid thing. Anyway. It was fucking uh, Dario Lorena from Black Label Society. He's like, Yo, Bay, it's Dario. Uh, I've been trying to call you. We got an interview set up for tonight. Where are you at, man? Like, I, I keep getting the, the radio station's number and, and nobody's answering. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? So I call him back. I'm like, Dario. He's like, Bay, what's, what's going on, man? How you been? I'm like, dude, we don't have an interview set up for tonight. He's like, yeah, yeah, the 18th. I'm like, yeah, of February. He's like, nah. I'm like, yeah, it's like right before your new album comes out. He's like, get the fuck out of here. And then he's like, oh, fuck, you're right. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, what the fuck? He's like, how you been, man? So then we end up talking. He's out there at the, uh, this is the big NOM festival weekend, the big uh, musical like expo out in California they do every year. And all the rock stars are out there. So he's out there for that. So. Yeah, good stuff. Kind of funny. Oh, that's too funny, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, holy hell. So, Bay, you have, like, legitimate rock stars calling you drunk at Raw at the middle of the night. Just... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of funny when I see, like, who calls or texts my phone. Kind of weird. <laughs> oh man! So, look at that! Right on the dot. Ten o'clock p.m. Eastern. Right on the dot. Here she is. Let's welcome her. Why wait? Let's get her on the line. <laughs> Let's welcome to the show the one and the only Miss Christina Robinson. Hello, Christina. How you doing? Hello. 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 Kind of cold. <laughs> Stop it! You where are you at? You're out on the West Coast. You can't be cold. No, I'm in I'm in Utah for Sundance right now. Oh, all right. Okay. That's yeah. a good excuse. So that it's like twenty degrees outside. <laughs> wow, it's it's colder there than it is out here on the west, uh, east coast. Oof, yeah. We're having a heat wave. Mm. We're like in the forties and almost fifties here. That's a heat wave? Oh, hell yeah. The other day it was like 16 <laughs> degrees, like three days ago. Now we're back into the 50s. It's, it doesn't know. It's the whole global warming thing. It's true. It's really happening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's pretty funny. So, uh, you know, right off the bat, I, I got to say, I, like, I, I get an email from your mom the other day and to, to get this all set up. And I was like, that's got to be so awesome. Like, I have been a person who's been wanting to be in the world of entertainment since a little child, since five, four years old. And I never mm-hmm. had the parental support. It was always like, I was always told, Aww. give it up, go get like a real job, stay in school. And <laughs> yeah, I was, there was no encouragement of any of the dreams or aspirations I ever had. But right. obviously you have the exact opposite of what I had. You, you have the true support. <laughs> from the family. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. It's funny. It actually started when I was uh, seven years old. And I have a twin sister. And so she was the one who really wanted to go into the whole acting thing and into the industry. And I was just, I mean, we're seven years old. You know, we don't really know what we want to do. And, sure. you know, my parents would uh, submit us for auditions and things online. And my sister got the audition for Dexter. I wasn't even supposed to be there. And I happened to go with her, and um, I auditioned, even though I really wasn't supposed to, and I booked it. And, you know, at the time, like, I didn't really understand what it meant, but all throughout these past, you know, whatever, it's been 11 years, my parents have been supporting us, like, wholeheartedly. So you went along basically for for, for the ride, for your sister's audition, Mm -hmm. and you end up getting the part? Yeah, I I wasn't even supposed to audition. Um, And the producers asked me if I wanted to because we were, like, one of the only people in the waiting room. And my mom was like, you know, do it. I mean, I'm seven years old. I don't know what I'm doing. And I did it, and I I booked it. I mean, it's kind of – it's crazy, but right place, right time, I guess. Right. Now, what did they see in you that was different than your sister? (laughs) See, my sister and I debate about this all the time. Um, So I guess they asked us a question in the audition of, would you cut your hair? And I guess my sister said no, and I said yes. And so my my sister chalks the whole thing up to that. But, I mean, who really knows? Now, here's the next question. Did they make you cut your hair? No, they didn't. Ah, it's your question, and you won. <laughs> I know, I know, seriously. Yeah, at, at seven years old, or I don't care if it was seven, seventeen, twenty-seven, thirty-seven, your sister had to been upset with you. Yeah, I mean, like, of course, you know, she was the one who really wanted to do it, and um, I booked it, and it was just like, oh, cool, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't really <laughs> understand it, you know, and um, as I really got to you know, work and kind of be immersed in this industry, it was like, whoa, you know, I'm, I was so lucky to even get that opportunity, let alone be a part of something like that, you know, and as we got sure. older, you know, we really started supporting each other and she's actually not even acting anymore. Um, she's really? you know, going to college and doing her thing. Yeah. She just, I don't she, know. It, it just kind of grew out of her. Wow. Or she so grew out of it. <laughs> <laughs> she's pursuing like a normal uh, everyday life then. Yeah, she goes to Penn State and she's living life. Wow. So. That's pretty wild. Meanwhile, yeah, you're out there in Hollywood. <laughs> or it's I know, we, switch, we literally <laughs> switch places. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Now, and now before you guys booked this, I guess you guys were living in Orlando at the time? Yeah, born and raised in Orlando, and the audition was actually in Miami. Um, but after okay. I booked the show, uh, they were going to move out to California, and we decided to pack up and go with them, pretty much to kind of pursue this whole acting thing. I mean, that's that's a big, big, big step. Like, now you're involved yeah. in the whole family. It's a whole change for everybody. I mean, it had to be a scary time for you know, you, sister, parents, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the time, I don't think it was as scary for my sister and I because we were just kind of like, 
yay, California, Hollywood, you know, and um, my parents, I think it was, I mean, we didn't understand at the time, but it's obviously way harder on my parents. You know, they both have to quit their jobs and find new jobs out here. So just to support us, literally, to support what we wanted to do. At seven years old, like, (laughs) come on. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Hats off to your parents. I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, that's the whole key, that that parental support. It's huge, very huge. I know. I'm so lucky to have them in my life, honestly. (laughs) Now, Uh, when you were doing the show, I, I mean, you know, here's the scary part. Me personally, I've mm-hmm. never even seen an episode of it. So please don't really? hate me too bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. But my co-host, yeah, Nick, um... he had seen it. He he, he watched it. Mm-hmm. I did, yeah. I've seen every episode. There That's you awesome. Go. <laughs> so I'm glad. My... I, dude, my... I was about to say, my best friend hasn't, like, hasn't even watched the show. So it's all right. <laughs> Very, well, there you go. There we go. I, I don't feel as bad now. <laughs> so, now you're a, you're a kid on this show, and I mean, the show's mm-hmm. about this guy who kills people and all that. Like, were you watching this like as a kid growing up? Like, did you get to watch the, the finished products, or did you have you come back later in life and watched it? And... <laughs> That's the that's the hard thing is when I was growing up, you know, I understood it was a scary show, and it was about a killer. Um, mm-hmm. But I wasn't I wasn't allowed to watch it. So my parents would watch it, and they would just kind of call me in when my scenes would be on, and I would get to see my scenes, and then they'd be like, "Okay, leave," and I'd have to leave the room. <laughs> um, but you know, as I got older and I was able to watch it, I. Uh, actually sat down last year with one of my other best friends who hadn't seen the show, and we watched the whole thing through. So I have seen now, it. Did, <laughs> did you think to yourself, like, wow, I was on a pretty twisted show? Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's a good show, you know? It's a good <laughs> twisted show. It's the kind of twisted that makes you want to watch it, you know? Right, Like, right. you're rooting for a bad guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> interestingly, though, is that she she was in a position though where when she filmed her scene there wasn't really a whole lot of the craziness going on those were usually like right. family oriented scenes so she could go yeah. to work and do her thing and not really even know about the whole serial killer thing yeah exactly I I really didn't know <laughs> until That's I don't funny. know maybe season three or four I kind of got introduced to the Whole, this is a your dad's a killer, um, <laughs> and uh, you know it's a scary, really scary show. So <laughs> now, how about like um, going through? Uh, as I'm going through, I'm, I'm getting ready for tonight. Like I'm skimming through. I'm like, I wonder if there's any YouTube clips of her. And, and like, did you ever look for yourself on YouTube? I mean, some of the stuff that people put on. Okay, there, I so. have. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. Some of the things that somebody, are on there. Yeah, like somebody put uh, like uh, a couple of clips of you together. It's like a, just an eight-second video of just you going, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that. It's pretty. Yeah, I, my friend actually showed that to me, and I was dying laughing. It's too funny. Too freaking funny. Yeah. 
So you were also not, you got nominated, I guess, off of that role for uh, two uh, SAG awards. Yeah, as a part of the ensemble. Nice. Mm-hmm. Ensemble in a drama series. Yeah, that was a really cool experience. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So now you're you're keeping busy. You uh you actually did a it was re- released recently, right? Emma's Chance. Yeah, Emma's Chance. Um, I did that. Was it like early last year? I think it's a it was a really cute film. It came out. Um, it's about you know this ranch, and it's based on this true story that's happening to the place that we filmed, and. It's this ranch that's um, we don't have like a lot of money to keep everything going and you know save these animals because it's a rescue and we have to basically figure out a way to save money for the ranch. It's a cute family friendly movie, and um, one of the the mo- the recent one that I did I filmed in Rhode Island um, a couple months ago. It's uh, it's called Anders Manor. It's a horror and it's um it's a pretty twisted plot. I did a lot of crying and a lot of screaming, so that's always fun. Um, <laughs> But it's about, you know, my character, Amy, who was in a psych ward for four years, and she gets out, and things start happening. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't know what I can really reveal about it and what I can't, but it's, uh, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. You know, I, I, it's funny because I, uh, I saw the trailer of that as, as I was watching. I said to myself, I have a feeling we're going to be seeing Christina on, like, the horror convention circuit soon. Yeah, I feel that way too. <laughs> I, I really do. I love. I mean, it's a really fun genre to be a part of. It, and it's like the hot thing now. It really is like the whole mm-hmm. horror movie thing. And, and no matter how uh, campy a, a horror film can be or how good it is, it doesn't matter because people just love that right. whole genre. Yeah, I mean, they're, seriously, it's what's crazy is I actually used to hate horror movies, and I used to, like, they used to scare me so bad, but just recently, I got into them, and now I, like, love them, so, <laughs> now, <laughs> I don't know. Whenever we talk to somebody, too, that's done, like, a horror film, they always say, it's so not scary. It's actually pretty funny filming these things. Is that your feelings on it, too? Yeah, I mean... Like some of the, okay, so basically the place that we filmed this, basically the entire movie, um, it's a really old manor in the middle of the woods. um, And I actually stayed there the entire time. And so um, I would say that it wasn't all light because it was pretty spooky at night. Um, And the basement was very scary to shoot in. But, uh, you know. You make it work. <laughs> it, it can be definitely scary at times, but uh, I mean, depending on you know where you're shooting and who you're shooting with. But overall, you know, it's, you're seeing the behind the scenes of all the scare tactics. So nice. Now, when is that one coming out? Is it March? I think it was. Um, I think it's around March, maybe March, April. Yeah, pretty soon. Cool. Very cool. Now, how about yeah. I mean, you were basically like a child actor, Hollywood. Um, how was it like on a school level, like with, with friends and stuff like that? Did you have like a lot of people who, because you're in a, a hit show, wanting to be your friend? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone who's a child in the industry is, you know, kind of put into this like 
pedestal at school where it's like, oh, my God, that person's, like, on TV or, like, that person was, like, in a movie or something like that. You know, it's, um, I think that it's kind of always been like that. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely had, you know, some issues with friends and people who would just be like, hey, like, Stella, you want to take me to that premiere? Or, like, who do you know, <laughs> you know, and, like, how much money do you make? And it's just like, that's not what we should be talking about or, <laughs> like, talking about on the playground. <laughs> what? It's, uh, oh, it's a different so kind of experience. Yeah. I just cringed when you said that. Like, kids would actually ask you that? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, wow. it's just, like, think about it. Like, you're going to school as a kid, you know? Like, there's not a lot to really focus on other than the drama in the kids in the school. So it's, like, when there's somebody who's, doing something that you're not that you think is really cool, like, of course you're going to, like, focus on that, you know? Right. So. See, like, I, I would be the kid who would, like, be thinking in my head and trying to calculate in my head what you were making, but not come out and say, like, <laughs> how much are you making? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> now, here's something that uh, – your mom said that you're getting ready to do and I was thinking to myself like wow here's a, here's this uh, you're 19 now 19 year old girl in Hollywood you're like in the prime age of the Hollywood starlet era now uh, that you mm-hmm. know Hollywood people like to follow your TMZs your paparazzi and all that fun stuff but here you're heading to Africa in a few weeks um, to go yeah. there for six weeks to, t- to teach kindergarten and I'm just like that's so not a 19-year-old girl in Hollywood you expect her to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love acting. I love the industry. That's what I want to do, and that's what I focus on. But at the same time, um, I love traveling, personally. I went to – I backpacked through Europe um, this past summer with my sister and had the best time of my life. And so I kind of looked into different programs and found this one because of my sister, actually. And it was kind of like – why in the world not give back? You know, like I've been so privileged growing up and getting to do all these really cool things. Like there's so many people in the world who really, I mean, they don't even get a proper education, you know, let alone the opportunities that we get here. So I just kind of thought, why not give back? And I've always wanted to go to Africa. So here we go. Now, is that something you ever had like an interest in? Like uh, almost like the backup plan is to become a teacher? Actually, no, not at all. Um, this program, it, I just seemed, I love kids personally, and I love working, and I babysit all the time, and um, I just thought that's where I could make the most impact. So, you know, like awesome. when you can actually, like, touch a child's life like that, I just thought that would be such a cool experience. That is awesome. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> Now you mentioned about the the backpacking through uh, through Europe with your sister, and right away, like I, I go into panic mode because I'm a big baby, I, and I, I can't like I don't picture myself ever leaving the country because I just <laughs> I, I get freaked out. And so you're backpacking with your sister through Europe. Europe. Are you guys like alone? Yeah. Are you with your fat? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm, I'm already. Yeah, we were. Um, yeah, we were alone. Um, we went through, well, I started in Paris. I met my sister in Barcelona, Spain. We did so many places in Spain. 
<laughs> Time out. So you went to Paris alone by yourself? Oh yeah, we, um, I could we never stayed do that. in hostels, too. Yep. You meet new people every day. We, I took the train everywhere. Um, yeah, I started in Paris, worked my way through Spain, worked my way through Italy, went to Greece. Um, I won't even take the train in Philadelphia. <laughs> I will try to take the train in Philadelphia, you and I know win. where it goes. You gotta get out there. Right now, in his mind, he's picturing the movie Taken. Like I am. I one hundred percent. He's panicking. I, I, I am like, I'm like shivering. I'm like, and that was my next question. Did you ever watch the movie Taken? One, two, I have. three. Like, I have. I, I have. I can't. You know. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, of it. course, we have our, our worries before we go. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say it was a perfect trip. Of course, there was, a, you know, some unsafe moments. And, you know, you just kind of got to figure it out and take it day by day. But, you know, why live your life in fear, you know? Like, I experienced, like, one of the best summers of my life. Even though I'm 19, I genuinely think that's going to make such an impact on me for the rest of my life. You know, I'm so happy well, that I did that. And that's a good question. Let's ask you. Are you the same person you were before the trip? I, no. no. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, and, I mean, things like that, it changes you. You know, you're experiencing so many new places with so many new people, and you really kind of get to learn a lot about yourself, just even being in those environments, let alone, you know, figuring out these new relationships with people, you know, from all around the world. And I don't know, you just really, it's a, I mean, as people, it's cliche, but people say it's like a soul-searching trip, you know, when you backpack through somewhere. But, I mean, you really are finding yourself. I'm, like, having heart palpitations. Like, I would have been a nervous wreck <laughs> as, a, as a parent or as, as you being over there. I, I would be a nervous yeah. wreck. Yeah, I definitely it, can say uh, my mom wanted the confirmation we were alive every hour of every day. But, yeah, like, uh, unless Liam Neeson yeah. is going with me, I'm not going out of the country. <laughs> you know, it's it's probably a, a good little way to live right there. <laughs> unless Liam Neeson's going with you, don't move. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so you have, a, you have an interesting uh, 2017 play, it looks, it looks like. Yeah, you have um, the teaching in Africa for six weeks. You got uh, mm-hmm. Andrew's Manor coming up in uh, late March, April. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other things you're working on that we should know of? Or? Yeah, I mean, there's a, I have a couple um, projects in the works that aren't set, set in stone yet, but um, one of them is a Western that oh, cool. um, I'm spotted to be in, which is pretty cool, very different for me. Um, one's a zombie movie, which is also very different for me, but also in the horror genre. <laughs> um and then one that I uh, just got the script sent to me about, it's like a family-friendly kind of happy film that I can't really talk about yet. But, you know, new projects, and we'll see what this year brings. What you need to do is you need to get onto a CW superhero show for me and Nick. Mm-hmm. This way <laughs> we can actually have a friend who's a superhero. Honestly, that would be so great. <laughs> That's the hot okay. thing to do. I now. actually watched. I would watch Flash a lot. The Flash. Um, oh yeah. 
And, yeah, what other ones do I watch? I watched a couple CW shows. I mean, of course I watched The Vampire Diaries. Um, Supergirl. I haven't seen Supergirl. I should, though, Supergirl but I haven't. Okay. Arrow. I'll definitely check that out. Oh, Arrow. Yeah, no, I've seen some of that. I've seen some of that, but I haven't watched a ton. But Flash was honestly my main for a while. Pretty good. So. There you go. Yeah. That, that would be great. Get on the Flash. That's our favorite one. I know. That's that's the new goal. <laughs> there you go. Get on the side. So yep. We're giving you goals for 2017. Yeah. New Year's resolutions. <laughs> there you go. Well, Christina, mm-hmm. this has been great. Uh, you're, so you're out in Sundance now. What do you? Uh, what's going on out there? What do you? Uh, what like? What do you get to do when you're in, out in Sundance? Just see movies uh, and socialize and network. Yeah, I mean, okay. there's a lot of parties. There's a lot of events, um, different lounges. It's just a lot of networking, you know, and um, making connections with people, seeing films. And it's just a really cool event of a week to go to, you know. It's a it's just a different world out here this time of year. Wow. So, yeah, sounds a like really fun. cold sounds, world. Sounds like a, but, <laughs> but it sounds yeah. like a, a cold, fun vacation. Yeah, I mean, it really is a vacation, you know. It, I mean, it really isn't work. I come out here for fun. Yeah, I'm kind of working, but it's a fun trip. It's something I want to do. Right. And you're yeah. in the country, and we don't have to worry about you that much. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> Other than frostbite, no worries. There you go. Very good. Cool. Well, this has been awesome talking to you and getting to know you. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, your future episodes of The Flash at some point. And uh, mm-hmm. your Anders Manor and everything else you got going on and safe travels to uh, Africa. Thank you. Yeah, this was a fun talk. Thank you for having me. You're 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 very busy. Very busy. I love it. That means you're totally <laughs> driven. <laughs> Good. Cool. And yeah, well, thank you. Before, well, actually, mm-hmm. two things before you go. One thing, let's uh, let's get your plugs out there so everybody can find you and follow you and love you and like you and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my Instagram is at Dana Robinson. My Twitter is at B underscore Christina underscore R. And my Facebook is Christina Robinson. So it's all me. And if I can get you to cut an ID for me real quick, uh, this is Christina Robinson, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. This is Christina Robinson, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. There you go. Thank you. Safe travels, Perfect. and let's talk again soon when you uh, later in the year. Let's uh, catch up and see what else you're up to. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Thanks, Christina. Take care. Yep. Bye. Bye. All right, well, there she goes, Christina Robinson. I'm freaked out. I, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> go. <laughs> Seriously. <sighs> I can hear it in your voice. Like, I, like you can't even comprehend no. how it went further than a conversation. Like, no. like if, 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 they, if someone came up that, um, you know, I just want to, I'm going to fly to Venice for a little while, and then I'm going to take a train and stay in a hostel in France. Like, you, like you're a pretty fun love, but you would lose your fucking mind. 
I don't want my daughters going to fucking Wawa around the corner from my house, let alone going overseas to Paris. Like, there ain't no way. Or, I don't want myself going over to Paris alone. And, and like, they're not looking to, like, kidnap a fat guy. I know this, but I don't care. Like, I'm still scared. Oh, my God. Yo, as soon as she said Paris, I knew you were thinking about Tokyo. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, that's too funny. That stuff freaks me the hell out, man. That See, that movie has, has totally changed my life. That movie has really scared the shit out of me. Now, and, and it's funny because you bring this up and, you know, me and you were both dads. And uh, recently my daughter asked me, she, she you know, she wanted to know if she could, you know, like uh, backpack through Europe before, you know, in between her senior year and, and, and college. And my mother-in-law, yeah. who's like 70 years old, she that's something that she did when she graduated high school. And uh, it, it, it's... I, you can't even like. I can't even comprehend it yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, oh, holy! They were fifty years ago. What's that? Oh, I said things are a lot different today than they were fifty years ago. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Jimmy would definitely know out of the three of us. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, no, but you're right. They are. I mean, the world is... Um, I, I don't know if different necessarily means more dangerous, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, you know, 50 years ago, there wasn't the things that, you know... There weren't happened. dirty bombs. Yeah, you know, they weren't, there weren't... Uh, people who feel oppressed and, and feel that they have to blow up everybody else around them. Uh, you know. Now, see, it's interesting that you bring this up because it's something that I was going to talk today about in private. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring it up here because recently my wife and my daughter, they went to this uh, concert in Tempe where um, some of these, you know, quote-unquote rock and roll bands play, and um, for the first time in my life, I I thought to myself, man, like, do we need to have a talk about what to do when a shooter comes in, or, you know, what are the safe ways to, you know, avoid being killed in a situation like this, because it's now becoming, you know, more frequent, and then, you know, you're, you're, you're promoting live events, so I know this has to mean something very special to you. And Jimmy, of course, as a performer, I mean, you've always been in a situation where you know you're you could potentially be in danger. Yeah, especially me. They didn't like me at all. <laughs> if anyone is getting stabbed, it's going to be me first. But yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying, and and you, you do. I mean, you have to. I, and we're just not talking concerts. We're talking anywhere, right? Uh, you know that, that people gather. You could be at a fair. You could be at a uh, at a at a sports event. You could be anywhere right now, uh, where a lot of people are around, and, and you know it's, it it could happen. 
scary thing. And based that you spend a lot of time at conventions and very sort of large scale things like that. So, um, what, what's your perspective here? Yeah, you, you know, dude. Honestly, like I, I, I don't think about it. Like. I think if I did think about it, like I never honestly really thought about the situation until you just brought it up. And I think if I, I think if I seriously thought about it before going out, I'd never leave the house. Yeah, no, I, I do understand that though. But I, but I'll t- I'll tell you one thing. I always and, and it's just more and more becoming a force of habit. I'm always like on the lookout. You know what I mean? Like I'm always scoping around, being aware of my situation, no matter if I'm walking, if I'm standing somewhere, if I'm driving, I'm just always checking my scenery just to see what the hell's going on because you don't freaking know. No, absolutely, dude. I I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, I, I tend to find myself looking, you know, where could I get out from? You know what I mean? Like, what what would I do in this situation? And sometimes it comes off as paranoid, but I think that, like, we're just worried about not just protecting ourselves, but the people that we love, too. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's just it's a scary time right now that, uh, sadly, that we're living in. I, I would really... I mean, I have so many questions I would like to ask and talk to my parents about, but that would be one of them too. Like if, if, you know, being uh, that they've been gone for so long, if they sat down and like watched what was going on in the world today, like what their feelings would be, you know what I mean? Right. That's different, man. I, I, you know, and, uh, with you doing live shows too, that's something that I'm sure like your people are talking to you about security and, you know, don't worry, we have this and that. And um, I'm sure like stuff with the girl from American Idol and, and like, there's just so much risk today. Don't you think? There is, there really is. And you know what? Honestly, it has not been uh, brought up in any conversation with anybody yet. Nobody has brought it up. Oh wow! Yeah, that is uh. Well, that you, is, um, you, yeah. have to, <laughs> you have to think. I mean, except for uh, you know, the Boston race or, or very few others. You know, that nightclub that uh, that happened. That it it sure. it hasn't happened very often in the United States, and I don't think people. Uh, most people really have that fear. That sort of word of the United States, we're still sort of protected. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We're still, well, I wouldn't say we're still protected, but I think we're still... No, no, I mean the not, feeling. Right, right, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think people just don't uh, believe, you know, that it can happen. It, it's, a, it, it's such a few and far between thing here. Right. Uh, you know, to where if you were in, you know, even in Europe, it hasn't happened as well. In France, it's happened a lot recently. But, uh, but yeah, even in those areas, it's not happened enough for, for the people to really, you know, like take 
I guess what, what they would be like Israeli securities, <laughs> right? <laughs> Where you know it, it, it's a way of life over there. <laughs> They're just used to it, it, it right? It, you know, if they came over here and, and spent any amount of time, they're like, you know, what the hell is this? <laughs> but yeah, it's I don't know if it's we're so we're coddled here. No, I, I understand what you're saying though, because we're America is also sort of separate from the world. You know what I mean? We don't have a whole lot of borders that you know people are going from this place to that place. So there is a, a, a huge difference between. You, you know, areas like you were saying where, you know, going to the store to get milk, you have to cross into two different sovereign territories. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, we don't have to deal with, like, I often used to think, like, Kosovo and places like that. <laughs> what would what would it be like to live in an American city where, you know, there's surface-to-air missiles going off every 20 minutes? You know what I mean? Like, we we haven't had yeah. to deal with that yet. Yeah, you could. Nobody can imagine, you know, Philadelphia lobbing missiles at, at New York every thirty seconds. <laughs> right, right. I mean, even though we'd like to, it's not something that that people, you know, would ever have to deal with. And it'd be so foreign to them; they wouldn't. There's no way they would be able to understand. Well, I just uh, I wanted to say I just got an email from uh, from Kristen, who just forwarded yeah. me an email. Breaking news: Uh-oh. the uh, the premiere this weekend for that movie Dog's Purpose has been canceled. Oh wow! Uh-huh. Well, you know what? Good for them because what kind of dumbass does anything on camera these days? You know what I mean? Like, he, like first of all, it was despicable, but second of all, you're stupid because there were cameras. You know what I mean? Like, good. Well, that, that, of course, they're they cameras. Get. They're filming the thing. Well, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but I mean, they should have been on top of that footage. Well, and, and that too, and and and. and you know, I heard what you guys were saying. You know, with the with the uh, you know the movie people. One of the one of the people that should be like flogged is the trainer. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, your dog's upset. Obviously, if you have to, if you have to push him in to do this thing, what what kind of you know jerk off pushes the dog in? <laughs> so you know, it was the trainer doing it. It wasn't anybody else around the movie. Right, he right. The trainer could have stood up and said, "Listen, you know, this dog is, you know, I can't. It, we got to work something out." You know. Right. He wasn't thinking in the best, uh, with the best, you know, the animal's best interest. He was just thinking the show or the movie's best interest. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, so I'm I'm scrolling down my newsfeed of Facebook and I see this picture of Rachel with a comment from Nick. Sweet Jesus! <laughs> Come on, man, tell me that picture isn't fucking amazing. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my god. Tony's a lucky man.
Wow. I'm telling you, dude, uh, I, I saw that picture, and, like, for just a second, like, Marilyn Manson singing Sweet Dreams was playing in, like, the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Here's why I love Henry Wright. Hey, liberals, keep crying. It's keeping, it's keeping me warm. Fuck each and every one of you, by the way. Better brush your teeth twice, twice tonight from all that shit you're eating. Laughing my motherfucking ass off. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, he's so funny. It's just really sad. Oh, dude, you know what I was going to ask you? Uh, speaking of old people... Um, <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, it's not, nothing bad, but I, we haven't talked to Wild Bill's people in a while. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I can get them at any time, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was just curious on. how things were going, you know. Because, you know, that's somebody that should be freaking, you know, that's like totally driven person of the decade. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh, totally, totally. They've been. I mean, they they've done. They still do like uh, sporadic, like uh, fundraiser type things here and there. But since the statue has been, you know, completed and and placed, I mean, it's kind of been a little quiet. A lot, well, a lot more quieter than, than usual on that front. Oh wow. I'd love to see it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's pretty awesome. It really is. I should go there and take pictures and send them over. Definitely. <clears throat> cool, cool. So, um, I, 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 uh, I went to the, uh, the auction house last night. <laughs> yeah, you were okay. So, what'd you buy this time? Oh, boy. He's like, so, everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The funny thing was, there really wasn't a lot of stuff there. And a lot of, like, the people I see, like, familiar faces I see there each week now, like, we're going in and looking at the junk and all, and they're like, there's, like, nothing here. It's, like, the smallest lot of stuff I've ever seen here in all these years and blah, 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 blah. And the reason I, I wanted to, which I ended up hanging out there for, like, two hours by myself just waiting for them to start, um, they had a, a lot of, they had, like, a, a small bucket of some of the die cast cars that were not in boxes. And one of them was a general lady. And then they had a, a bucket of matchbox cars, which I figured ah, I'll grab them too for the fuck of it. And there was a, a lot of, of uh, the band, the police. It was like all their albums on vinyl. And actually it was like all their albums on vinyl and a couple duplicates. So I was like, all right, you know, whatever. Well, they also had um, – so the, the, they start going through. They come up to the cars, and I start bidding with this other guy. And in the middle of the bidding, we're closing in on $20. He pulls the General Lee out of the bucket, and here the front end was missing. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. I stopped bidding, and the other dude ended up winning it for $22. So – then we go to the Matchbox cars. I end up winning the, the bucket of Matchbox cars for 20 bucks. Then we go to the police albums. I get a lot of police albums for 10 bucks. Oh, nice. So then, yeah, so then Jess shows up, 
and they had a, a rosary, and she loves rosaries. So nobody's bidding on it. So then he's like, oh, I'll, I'll throw this in. And he throws in uh, a big heart-shaped cake pan and another cake pan. And I looked at her. She's like, yeah. So I'm like, all right, two bucks. And then, uh, like, nobody's bidding. And he throws in that book that I showed you last night, Nick. And right, I ended right. up getting the rosary, the book, and the two cake pans. Oh, and he threw in uh, a coffee can filled with old, I mean, literally filled to the top of old car keys, <laughs> which I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do oh, with. Wow. I, don't know, I don't know if people buy that shit, but uh, I got all that for $6. Um, oh, wow. Then they had a Wii. I figured, all right, let me see what the Wii goes for. So it was the, a new black Wii. It was um, with the, the footboard. Um, the Wii Fitness games, one and two, a couple Just Dance games, and uh, the Zumba game. So I and a bunch of different like uh, joysticks and stuff like that. Uh, so I got all that for twenty bucks, which I know I could probably flip that for like seventy five or more on eBay. Um, dude, like one hundred percent here with this though. Try it out, dude. Like. I used to fucking love exercising with the Wii game, like boxing and shit like that. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. Dude, I I have it. Like, we have a Wii. I I used to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the girls still do it. I I used to do it, too, but... um, Yeah, I I used to have fun with it, too. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, And then they had, um, like, the old TV tubes for old-style TV sets. Um, they literally had five different trays of them and I wasn't even thinking of it. And when me and Jess were there earlier, she remembered they were there. And all of a sudden she starts sending me over links from eBay before she came over in person where they're selling them on eBay for like a lot of like three or four for like 30, 40 bucks. I'm like, really? Oh, wow. So yeah, I ended up buying three trays of tubes for 30 bucks and I probably have well over a hundred tubes or more. So I have a lot of work ahead of me. (laughs) Yep. Damn. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. And that guitar I bought, uh, the acoustic for 10 bucks. I sold it today. Finally, 125 bucks. (laughs) Oh, damn. Winning. Yeah. You're going to have to tell me where the hell these auctions are. How do I find them in my neighborhood? You know what I mean? Uh, I'll send the site over to you. I've, dude, I've come to really realize within a five-mile radius of my house and literally in all different directions, there's five or four different auction houses. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Like, there's, there's one um, right off 95 – which is five minutes from me. There's one, uh, the one that I've been going to around the corner from my house. There's one around the corner from the Hooters I go to. And there's one right across the street from the farmer's market. That's five minutes from my house. Damn. I'm going to have to start checking out some of this. I have something now that, uh, 
I'll have to send you pictures of it, man, and see if you can put it up or something. Like, I picked up this thing for 99 cents. It was It's like a pewter bowl from Norway. Okay. And it had, like, Vikings fighting on the side and stuff. And uh, I saw one on Craigslist sort of like it yesterday for $99. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you definitely have to talk me through it. I don't know. Like, I've never sold anything on eBay. I've only ever bought. <laughs> you never sold it on eBay, really? Yeah, yeah. No. It's actually pretty simple. All you do yeah, is take very a picture simple. of it, describe it, and put it on there. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's more simple than people believe it is. It's gotten oh, a lot wow. simpler, yeah. And now, here's what I do now. I, I don't know if you do this, Jenny. Like, I'll go and search the item that I'm going to list, and I'll search it, and this way I can get a, a ballpark of what they're selling for. And then I'll click on one that's just like mine, and now they give you the option um, right underneath the photo to sell one. And it kind of, like, pre-fills a lot of the stuff in for you. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so then I just. When you, when, do you use completed items when you're searching that stuff? Uh, no, I do not. Yeah, I, I I do the same thing, but I use the completed items because that way I know what I, they actually sold for. Because hell, look, okay. you know what I mean. I can tell you, I can tell you this this you know computer that I'm staring at's worth a million dollars. It ain't. Uh, right. You know what I mean? So, and right. people are trying to sell this shit for whatever they can, a lot of them. But if you go to the completed items and look at the green, uh, anything green numbered, that's sold. And it'll let right. you know actually what it's, what it's actually selling for rather than what people want for it. Hmm. Yep. Got to get on that. Yeah, see that? That's a good idea, though, because then you know what you're actually probably going to bring in. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you can have, honestly, Ken, like, Bay, one of the, the guitar that Bay had. You could probably have 10 of them on there, and one guy's trying to sell it for $300, one guy's selling it for 125 one's selling it for 150 whatever. But if you go to completed items and there was 10 on there and only one of them sold and only sold for $50, you know, you're fucked. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's that. Cause you can see a lot of them on there on the, on the regular pages, what people are selling them for. And you're like, Hey man, I better put this on before I can't, you know, I want to get money too. And none of that shit is selling anyway. Holy shit. Look so, at this. I just looked up some tubes and stuff, and I'm looking at the completed ones. I hope it, mm-hmm. that somebody sold four of this one kind of tube for a hundred and two dollars. There you go. Now let me ask you guys: Do you find that it works out better to try and make some money off of some specific items, or do you like deal in bulk? Is it you know what I mean? Like, you don't make $10 off of one thing, but you make, you know, $1 off of 50 things. Depending, well, if you're talking about fees, like eBay fees, what they're going to charge you, 
Because a lot of times you can list for free sometimes, and, I, and that's what I prefer to do. I usually tend to list for free if I can get away with it. Now, auctions to list are usually 30 to $0.50, cents, so, I mean, it's not that much money. But right. when you're talking about posting 300 items, you know, you're saving 30 to $0.50 cents per 300 items. So I mean, right. But if you're only searching, if you're only doing one, then it's not going to be a big deal for you. Um, now the eBay fees are usually anywhere from eight to ten percent uh, on the finished auction. Right. Right. When so so if you're a smart businessman, you have to take that into consideration when you're setting your, you know, your bottom reserve or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. You have to you have to put that in there as well. And it's also you also get charged um, a shipping fee at the end of it too. Now, right. depending on what you charge for shipping, basically what that is is eBay because you, you can ship and print out a label through eBay. And it's cheaper okay. than go going to the actual post office. Right. Oh wow. And then you can you can get your postal carrier to, to uh, pick it up and you don't even have to go to the post office for it. Yeah. And they, you do free shipping, right? Like you just, it's, it's in there like Amazon, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I, now, I, I, if, you I was... free shipping, if you do free shipping, they won't charge you a fee for shipping through eBay. If you do oh, it really? for free. Yeah. You can print the label for free without having to worry about it. If you do free shipping. So, so, I mean, you'll so still you have just to factor pay. the cost of shipping in your, you know, purchase price? Right. Okay. And that way it saves you the fee for shipping, um, you know, and it only costs you for whatever it is to ship to wherever. Oh, wow. Um, Shame, that's pretty cool. Yeah, dude. I, I mean... If, for what eBay is, I mean, it, it has gotten very oversaturated from the early days, but you can still make some fucking money on there. I mean, it's just it's a lot of hustle and a lot of time at times. I mean, I mean, Gennady, he does a lot more actual auctions than I do. I do all I do now is um, buy it now stuff. So, oh, really? Yeah. I've I've been doing more buy it now throughout the holidays, just because you know that way you don't have to wait. You just buy it and go. Right. Um, but, yeah, sometimes some of the stuff I have does better auction-wise than it does buy it now price. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I can't wait to out. start getting this. I can't wait to start listing and, this stuff. And, and the weirdest, the weird, it's the weirder shit that sells. You know, really? I mean, you could have, you, yeah, you could sit there and like, you know, you put an iPad on there and it, it'll sell, but it, it won't, you know what I mean? But you put like goofy, like I put old uh, Zippo lighters on there. People were snatching <laughs> those up left and right. You know, oh, and, and yeah, so it's the weirdest, like I had, here's, here's the weirdest thing I sold. There was a, I don't know if you remember the movie, My Bloody Valentine. They redid it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it came out in 3D. Well, buddy of yeah, mine yeah. was working. It, buddy of mine was working at the theater, 
the night that it came out, the premiere night that it came out, when you went in there along with your 3D glasses, you got a keychain. It was a metal keychain, but it was like a pick, a pickaxe. And it had on there, my bloody Valentine, blah, blah, blah. Buddy of mine handed me a couple of these, and I threw them in a drawer somewhere. For whatever reason, I had a couple of them sitting out here. Uh, I put each one of them on. Each one sold for ten ninety nine plus three dollars shipping. Oh wow! So it was like, and this was from like almost you know, eight to ten years ago. The weirdest shit sells. <laughs> Oh, man. I bought some weird shit off of eBay in my day. So, yeah, I, I totally believe you, man. Like, we one time we bought my daughter, like, a shark in formaldehyde in, like, a jar. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, yeah, like, she had a collection. It was, like, a shark, a squid, a fish, and they, like, they put them in these fancy jars with formaldehyde, and they decorate them, and it's just like a specimen jar. Uh-oh. Right now, my I, uh, right right now in my wife's room, she has a uh, it's a paperweight and it's a it's a fruit bat in lucite, like a clear block. That's <laughs> fucked up, man. Like I said, the weirdest shit sells on eBay. Hell yeah, dude. I I I just found uh, Janetti's uh, bloody Valentine promo keyring, and I, dude, I'm looking at your um. Your your feedback. You got some negatives, man. Yeah, I got two. Ne- Dude, man, it was the stupidest people too. The <laughs> dumbest fucking the dumbest fucking people. The first chick was um, she bought a Nook charger. It was a Nook charger with a with a USB cable. She turns around. I guess it didn't fit her Nook. So she turns around, she presses the return button. Now I offer 30-day returns. It's none of this 14-day, right. 7-day, you know. It's a 30-day return policy. And if you click on a return request, it automatically, it, it will give you a uh, return shipping label. It doesn't charge right. you for it. Right. So this girl turns around, hits a return request, and then not five minutes later gives me a negative feedback saying that I didn't contact her about the return. Oh, five wow. minutes after you put a return request in, you're going to give a negative feedback because I didn't get back to you like instantly. Are you stupid? And there's no yeah. way to dispute that. Huh? No, no. Because most people, you know, most people see that if they're looking at feedback and they'll go, you know, what was this? You know what I mean? It, it right. wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a major loss basically. And either was the other idiot. The other idiot turns around, claims that a piece didn't work, wanted to return it, wanted to, uh, he wanted a partial refund on the item. I said, I'm offering you a full refund, including return shipping. Return the item if it doesn't work. Why do you want to keep it and just get part of your money back if it doesn't work? Right. <laughs> so that was an asshole that was trying to just get more, just get some of his money out of me saying it didn't work. 
and I'll give him a partial refund. And I was like, no, I'll give you a full refund, return the item. He wouldn't do it and ended up giving me a ticket. Yeah, and here's the shady thing. He has his private, you can't, his, uh, his feet back set to private so he can't read it. So he's up to some shady right. shit. Yeah, and people see that and they know that. I mean, the other feedback that I've gotten, um, you know, the other 2,100 feedbacks that I've gotten that are positive, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. I'm not worried about the two negatives from stupid people. Who and the girl has less than less feedback, uh, you know, like only a couple hundred feedbacks, so it's not a major deal. I'm not worried about it. I got to catch up to you, Janetta. You got 2047 is your positive uh, rating. Yeah, I'm close to that. You know what the sad thing is, though. More than half of the people that I sell things to, they don't leave feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have legitimately, I have sold since May, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, for me, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not a permanent seller on eBay, but uh, I've sold 174 items since May. It's a lot. It's a lot. And um, oh fuck, no one's gonna say. Oh yeah, 174 items since May, and I've maybe received less than 50 feedback on those 170 items. Yep. Yeah, it's not like it used to be. People used to really, um, you know, do a lot of. Um, Feedback, not no more. I have yeah. 1,856 positives. Oh, yeah. I've sold... Yeah. How many did you, you did? How much? 174 since May? Since May, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're, you let me lie. I've In the last 12 months, I've done 94. Yeah, I'll be, but I'll be honest with you. Most of it... Came during uh, October, November, and December than anything else. I think May was like seven, June was was two. You know, I mean, it was very small, and then it didn't start really kicking in until October, November, and December. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, come on, Nick. You got to get on board. Yeah, man. I definitely. Uh, did, uh, yeah. Damn. I mean, you know, honestly, it's like, dude, really the weirdest stuff. And also, what I was telling Bay, too, was a lot of times I can go trash picking around here. Uh, right. I picked out, like, there was a lady that, that was moving out, out of the complex and. and uh, she put a box of books out, you know, for trash. Um, sure. There was two or three old textbooks. There was an old nurse's PD, uh, uh, old nurse's book. Uh, and then there was a meta, some kind of old medical encyclopedia. Uh, and then a book on 
phonographs, a collector's book on phonographs. I ended up selling three out of the six books that I got for like 50 bucks. Oh, wow. For nothing, for picking the shit yeah, out of the trash. And I still have like three or four of them in the, in the, you know, that I can throw on at any time. So. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, you can go out and, and I, and I've done that before. I went out and picked, uh, you know, somebody, you see something out there, man. And, and I picked it out, threw it on, you know, cleaned it up, threw it on and, and it sold. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, you have to tell me how to find these auction houses too, man. You know what? There's a. I'll tell you what the website is now. Uh, auctionzip.com. That's what like all the auction houses. Yeah, that's the site that like all the auction houses use. Um, and a lot of them even you could do online bidding. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, all you gotta do is you enter your zip code in, and it's gonna show you what you got around. Very cool. It's and it's scary, like, <clears throat> like each week. I mean, I could go. Um, the one off ninety five is every other Tuesday. The one by Hooters is every Tuesday. The one around the corner from me is every Wednesday, and the one across from the farmer's market is every Friday. Like, it's a lot of shit, man. <laughs> yeah, damn. So, I mean, you, I mean, you could, as a matter of fact, here's the one for tomorrow night. I'm scared to look because I find so much <laughs> shit. It's so fucking dangerous. My buddies were laughing their ass off. <laughs> All right, well, somebody, here's somebody's, like, brewery collection of all types of shit. Uh, So there's that. Then they got, like, lots of woodworking tools. Furniture. More furniture. A lot of furniture. Ooh, a guitar. (laughs) Can't tell what the fuck any target is. A bear rug. Another guitar. Acoustic. Furniture. Bay's lost. Like, yeah, I know he's done. He like maybe lost Bay. He's <laughs> artwork. More furniture. Are you now we got electronics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I hope I hope that uh, auctionzip.com is paying. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah right. There you go, babe. <laughs> Clothes. More art. I mean, it's just... It'd be a smart move for them to advertise. They'd be paying with Bay's money. Yeah, right. <laughs> Boxes of vinyl. I, I mean... Crazy. Like... 
You guys will probably think this is stupid, but I like the idea of, like, it's almost like playing, like, stocks, but you're just, you're using real shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a little bit of gambling. It's just kind of for the fun of it, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it can get pretty, you know, overwhelming. You know, if you get, if you start getting stuck with some pieces. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, uh, you know, you, you you buy a bunch of shit. You thought it would sell, it wouldn't, you know. So, and the good thing is, I mean, you have stuff there. So, it just because it didn't sell today doesn't mean it won't sell, you know, two weeks from now. Right, right. Yeah. It, it, it I, I is think, the weirdest. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying, I think everything will sell at some point in time, but you might have to sit on it for a while. Yeah, and for the right price too. But it, it's weird though, Nick. I was telling Bay this this story a while back. I had one item, and I forget what the item is now. Um, but I put it on there for like maybe five dollars. Um, right. You know, start out bid. One one auction cycle didn't go. Okay, so I stopped. Like two weeks later, I threw a bunch of stuff back on there. Put it back on there again. Same thing. Opening bid, five dollars. Didn't sell. Maybe a month later, again threw some shit on there. You know that thing sold for eighteen dollars or something like that after all oh, that. Oh wow! <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, three months ago I couldn't sell this thing for an opening bid of five dollars, and now it sells for eighteen. It was the weird. It, the auction didn't change. None of the wording changed. Nothing. I just threw it, it back it, up there, eighteen dollars. It just happened that somebody was looking for that at that specific time and was willing to right. pay that much money. Yeah, exactly. Well, there was two people because they were they were buying them back and forth, um, and that's how it got up to the eighteen from five. But it was it was just the weirdest thing. So you never know because you know if somebody would have turned around three months before and put an opening bid of five dollars, I wouldn't have made you know. The extra thirteen dollars on it, right? So, it's just the weirdest thing. Sometimes you never know what'll sell when. Damn, that's crazy. And it's fun. Yeah, and I mean it's easy to do. Basically, all you're doing is you take a picture of it and you describe the hell out of it. That's right, it. right. All right. You know what? I don't even describe. I stopped describing the stuff. Really? I copy and paste. I dude. I whatever my uh, my title is, I copy it into mm-hmm. my description now. Right. Oh really? Because yeah. yeah. Well, it depends. Now I I can do that to certain times, but a lot of times you'll get you'll get a jerk off of just fucking you know. That, but uh, mainly what I mean by describing it is if there's something wrong with it, you know what I mean? Uh, collectible, you have to do that with sometimes, you know. All right, it's, it's got a little fold here on the corner, uh, you know what I mean? That type of shit. Yeah. So, You're just letting them know exactly what they're buying. Right, right. Right. And, I mean, you take pictures of it, too. 
you know, right. Like right. pictures are up there as well. So you can say, you know, conditions, see pictures, whatever. Um, but that's more protecting myself so I don't get some moron be like, oh, there's a there's a crease on the corner of this. I don't want it. Yep. You'll get People more. Always. Yep. So there, that's, that, that, that's the next mission for this week is, is to start yeah. putting placing some things on eBay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just thinking I'm gonna have to hook it up to a credit card. No, you no. hook it up to your your PayPal. You hook it up to PayPal. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly eBay only mostly takes PayPal. They don't let you do like money orders. I mean, you can if you if you know agree with the person, but a lot of times it's just PayPal nowadays. Most of the guys or people. Oh wow. As a matter of fact, I'm going to check into that. I I used my PayPal card last night to pay for all my stuff at the auction. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, you're throwing the shit into PayPal. You might as well leave it in there and and use that as your uh, your thing. Yeah, Yeah, this way I don't take nothing out of my pocket. I still have like 500 and some in in my PayPal account. I haven't messed with it. Nice. So... I'm saving up. There's a couple things I'm looking at, but I actually bought something earlier, so I'm waiting on the guy to send me the uh, an invoice to pay for it. What'd you buy? Batman figures. <laughs> Out with the old and in with the new. Yeah, well, it was stuff that I was like, uh, they did a collection of DC uh, classic universe figures. Um, and this was like one of the side lots. It was a Batman Unlimited set. And it was one of those where I was like, I don't really, you know, originally felt like it, but I got it at a good price. So I got five figures for $46. Huh. All right, well, I guess we we should wrap up. All right, man. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. What's ahead? There's stuff I got to go watch. I got to get to bed. I got got stuff going. This is going to be a crazy fucking weekend. Tomorrow night I'm going to see Wednesday 13... Uh, down in Delaware, like 10 minutes from my house. Then he's playing again Saturday night in Manny Young, so I'm going to go again so I can check out the place and mm. promote shows, put out flyers, and yeah. Actually, tomorrow night, I, I while, while at the wrestling classes, I will be calling into the law radio show tomorrow night. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah, I've actually had a couple pleasant conversations with Frank over the last uh, couple weeks. So it's uh, maybe the whole whole Christmas thing I think is still in his blood right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's still still on that high from Christmas. Yep. 
Wait till it gets warm. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, well, uh, Uh, yeah, so uh, let's uh, yeah, we'll wrap up. Uh, everybody, check out totallydrivenentertainment.com, totallydrivenradio.com. Uh, stay tuned, new website could be up by I'll say the end of next week. I have a feeling, um, it's coming along nicely, and uh, yeah, can't wait. We're gonna look uh, fresh, crisp, clean, and professional very shortly, and um. Uh, Got a whole ton of other stuff going on. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Totally Driven Entertainment, Totally Driven Radio. Just search, look, like, love, follow. Until uh, next time, thanks for our guest tonight. Thanks to Christina Robinson. Thanks to uh, Troy Noor of them. And as always, thanks to Nick and Janetti for great times, great conversation, and Totally Driven Lifestyle. Hmm. Totally driven crazy. Until, uh, wait, you know what? Who's, uh, oh, next week we have um, Carrie Ann Panici, who many people might know as being the third person in the tub <laughs> as part of a threesome with. Um, uh, the guy, uh, what's his name? Is it Eric Dane? He was McSteamy on uh, Grey's Anatomy and his wife, Rebecca Gayhart, and she was the third girl in the tub with the pictures or a video that was released or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll be talking to her. She's got like a, which she's got like a furniture line out now. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> find that at the website and post, send it over to you guys. But... <laughs> It's, it, it's, it, dude, it's like, it's funny because you look at this stuff and it's stuff like me and Jess were making and like selling a chair for $3,000. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey. Yeah. Is she selling three way seats? <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, so we had her next week. Uh, coming up in two weeks, the big return of Athena. Our good friend Athena is coming back. It's been a year since we talked to Athena. So, yeah, February 4th is Athena. Uh, February 18th, Daria Lorena from Black Label Society. Uh, and a few others working on getting some stuff finalized. But, yeah. Stay tuned, stay driven, and uh, see you all next week. Or actually this week after Toby Jim Radio Rocks. Until next time, see ya! Good night, everybody. <laughs>